listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I'm your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? Come on in. Grab a seat. I've got beers in the fridge. I've got a very special guest coming for today's episode as we return back to one of my loves. One of the things that keeps me excited about life, and that is barbecue. It's been a while since I've done a barbecue episode. It's been a while since I've done a food episode on this show. I've neglected you foodies out there that listen to and love with the process for our in-depth barbecue and our in-depth cooking episodes. And today, I'm returning with somebody who I found here in Los Angeles by accident. And he may just have saved the barbecue scene for me out here because I am not afraid of saying it. Most barbecue out here is fucking dog shit. And most places that you go to that publicly are accessible make really lame, dried out, tough meat, no love in it barbecue. And uh, it was kind of depressing for me as I, as I moved out here and I was looking around. And, and look, I'm not bitching. Los Angeles has such a great food culture. There's so many great, like, uh, Mexican food. Tacos are really great out here. Vietnamese food's really great out here. Thai food's really great out here. It's a melting pot of cultures, and it's fascinating to watch this melting pot sort of combine with itself as you have couples that are made from different nationalities. You have families that are the combination of different nationalities. You're getting a whole new food profile, a whole new tradition that's built around it. Uh, it's exciting. That's very exciting about Los Angeles. Um, the thing out here is that uh, barbecue basically sucks. <laughs> and I know I'm going to piss off a lot of people by saying that. Excuse me. And as you know, I'm a weekend barbecue guy. I love doing it. I love cooking for folks. I've talked about it before. I say that uh, uh, making a meal for me is the closest thing to doing a movie. You know, it's a mini movie, uh, faster turnaround time, very exciting. I'm working with the senses. I'm working with flavor profiles. Uh, I'm bringing people together with food. I love it. It's one of my obsessions. Um, I love to do it. I don't know if I would ever do it professionally. I've had folks say you should open a food truck or do stuff. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I want to deal with a lot of the negative reviews when it comes to food. I already deal with that with films. (laughs) Um, So welcome, man. Have a seat. Our guest is coming in today. Like I said, I found him accidentally. The, The story is this. Uh, I have been uh, eating well most of my life. I come from an Italian-Irish family. Meals are a thing. I surround myself with good food. I try to eat the best that I can afford at whatever time that I'm doing so, and I try to make the best things that I can, and I'm always open to new food, new cultures, and new experiences. This is what I love. It's one of the best parts of life for me. If you ever hang out with me, you ever travel with me, you ever do stuff, the big conversation first thing in the morning is, what are we eating? What are we having for breakfast? What are we having for dinner? What are we having for lunch? And it isn't always just flavors for me. It's experience. It's meeting people. It's going to other folks' homes, like going to other places and restaurants and vibes. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. It's one of the most exciting things about being alive for me is experiencing food and the people that make it. So... Uh, I was on, because of all this, you know, the side effect of eating great is that, you know, my cholesterol is high. My cholesterol has been a little bit high. Uh, And I did this bit where, uh, you know, I went and saw the doctor and he's like, Mike, your cholesterol is up there. What do you want to do? 
He's like, we can put you on meds or you want to try to diet. I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out. I'll do a diet. Come on. Really? What am I saying at that point is I'm cutting out most of what I love. <laughs> and it becomes hard, right? It's a very difficult thing. Every once in a while, I do well with my dieting. Every once in a while, I don't do well. But, you know, the cholesterol doesn't really shift that much. So, yes, I'm, 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 I just got prescription for statins. I'm going to be going on statins that's supposedly going to lower my cholesterol. And really, I have to do, you know, a shout out to Mark Maron's podcast because I heard Ray Romano on that show saying that he's, you know, was in the same place that I'm in in my 40s at this point where he got a high cholesterol reading and he was like, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll figure it out with dieting. And supposedly he went through the process of trying to get his shit together. And then once you lower your cholesterol a bit, you celebrate. Then your cholesterol goes back up. And so generally you're not really lowering it. And so he ended up having a heart attack in, I think it was in the 60s. And he's like, if I had could go back in time, I would have gotten on the statins when the doctor suggested it. All right. All right. So that's where I'm at, man. So, you know, good news and bad news. Good news is, is that I'm on statins. <laughs> the bad news is, is that I'm on statins. <laughs> but, you know, it's still I'm still going to be eating good shit, man. And uh, having guests like today. <laughs> yeah. Give me all the statins in the world if that means I can eat this guy's food. I'm excited to introduce you, uh, listeners, to today's guest. Uh, I found him while doing a bike ride trying to keep my cholesterol levels down. Me and Gina were out riding along the L.A. River. Uh, and uh, as we were riding, I smelt it. I smelt it in the air. I'm like, there's, there's smoke, right? Something's burning. Something's not burning. It's good smoke. It's a mix of smoke and fats and seasoning i smell it in the air so we ended up riding off the path and rode down to some neighborhoods following our nose to a brewery frogtown brewery out here on the east side and uh there was a guy out there with his truck and a smoker set up and uh this was early in the day <laughs> and i went from being a healthy bike ride to we're stopping <laughs> let's get some beers and barbecue and man am i glad i did because I met Bobby. Today's guest on the show is Bobby. He's from Overall Barbecue. Now, you'll find this guy. The only way to find him and what he's doing is by following him on Instagram at overall underscore barbecue. He travels around a lot. He goes to a bunch of different breweries out here. Um, and uh, he's the real deal, man. Uh, not only does he... What did I have the first... When I first met him, I had... Uh, we had some briskets... We had some pulled pork that was really great. And I think he had the, the slate ribs. Yes, I had a, I got a fucking beef slate rib, which I love. And uh, his textures were on point. His seasoning was on point. Uh, it was moist. It was great. Yeah, Gina just walked in. Remember when we had that barbecue for the first time from Overall Barbecue? It was real good. That beef rib, real good. She just gave me a look with her new blonde hair. You look good today, sweetheart. Oh, who's in the kitchen right now? Is that Ian? Yeah, people at home. So, um, yeah, we met this guy and uh, had his barbecue, and he was a sweetheart, man. And, and like, I'm going to reiterate this to you listening, right? It seems like such a simple thing, but if you meet somebody that is cooking... Uh, in a food truck and they're providing you with like soft meats right stuff that's been cooking for long periods of time 
take into consideration as you take a plate from this person that they have been up and awake for at least 10 hours. And if they're serving you food in the middle of the afternoon, that means that they got started the night before. Um, and there's so much labor. We'll get into it in today's show. We're going to break down his process of, of smoking. We're going to break down his love of smoking, the fact that his wife is German, and so the integration of German food in, into traditional barbecue is fascinating. And the thing I love the most about Bobby is his adventurous spirit, man. This guy is kind of a rebel when it comes to barbecuing, and he loves to test out different things. He loves to try out stuff. You hear about his smoked ramen. There's all sorts of, like incredible delicious things that we're going to talk about on today's episode and i'm going to give you guys a warning right there's a warning here you should probably have something to eat before you start listening to the show because i guarantee you by the end of it you're going to be hungry as fuck because i'm starving right now i've just finished recording the episode and i'm starving and i've got ill intention right i'm about to go out and start up the grill today because i i'm i need it i need it I'm hanging out with my crack dealer all day. Um, so excited to be here. Before we get into it, thank you everybody for following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy and following the podcast at In Love with the Process Pod. That's In Love with the Process Pod on Instagram. Um, our numbers have been going up, which is fucking fucking fantastic. Nothing better than numbers that are going up. Uh, and there's a bunch of stuff going on. I, I did a poll last week. Uh, Cinegear is coming back out here to Los Angeles. How many of you are going to Cinegear? I'm thinking about doing the Cinegear thing this year. Uh, I just uh, went through the process of uh, accepting invitations to um, the uh, Creative Solutions Party that's going to happen out here. So I'll be kicking around at the Creative Solutions Party. And uh, I'm going to try. I think Adobe's doing something with barbecue. I'm going to try to be there with Adobe. Um, and I know the cinematographer saloon, the cinematography saloon that uh, David Cruda runs, they're going to be out here and they're going to be doing some sort of event. So I will be a part or there uh, while he does his event. So you guys will be able to hang out if you want to meet me, if you want to chat. I will be around for Cinegear. Cruda will be here. My good buddy Greg Tango will be here. He's also a great cinematographer, great gaffer. I should have him on the fucking show, actually. When he's here, Mike, you should write that down. Um, so yeah, that's coming up. That's like June 1st through the 4th. So there'll be all sorts of shit going on. We'll be out having beers. So it's a great place. If you guys are, you know, Los Angeles locals and you want to hang out, we'll be kicking around there. All right. Let you guys know that. Um, well, let's see what else is going on. Not much. I mean, uh, let's just get right into the show. I'm excited. It's a long one because it's a, we go off, we talk about a lot of stuff. We talk about a lot of barbecue stuff. Uh, Bobby also is in a biker club. And so he talks about his biker lifestyle, which is fascinating. We get into it. Uh, we've been to some of the same sort of shady uh, strip clubs in Atlanta. We're going to give you guys a list of places to go as far as bar safaris are concerned. This is a fucking loaded episode. It's got everything you want from this show. So strap yourselves in, grab yourselves a snack. You're going to need it. Sit back and relax and enjoy a brand new barbecue episode of In Love With The Process.
Bobby, thanks for being here today. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Doing good. A little tired. Uh, had a couple of drinks last night. <laughs> well, dude, we're both. So it's the so the audience knows it's about 11 a.m. this morning, and we're both having beers. So hey, that's a good start of the day, right there. It's, you, it doesn't get any better than that, dude. I love it, man. You're waking me up. I was the same thing. I was up late last night too. Mm. We we're at some event. I don't know how the fuck we got there, and I'm like, I got a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife. Uh, we were at uh, Dublin's. And oh, yeah, yeah. literally, I started down in the Jack and Coke because she was like, "You got to be on the show tomorrow. We need to go." <laughs> I was like, "All right, man." I think I was like six or seven Jack and Cokes in. She was like, "We need to go ahead and cut this out." I was like, Hi. "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> okay, so big thank you to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I function very well hungover. Plus, because doing a barbecue thing, like it's, it's there's plenty of times I've went out and like I literally get back home and have to start my smoker and I'm like shitty drunk. Yeah, and I'm over there like struggling. I remember one time I I, I was wasted. I was about shit faced, and I, I I knew <laughs> and I, I I wasn't paying attention to my smoker, and I came back out. And the fucker was in flames. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and it was, the flame was so bright it woke my wife up. Really? Yeah, it was like outside, but it was lit up, and I was sitting there like, "Fuck!" <laughs> so luckily, I didn't super freak out. Um, I went out there and shut off all the vents, closed it back up, and let it kill itself. All the meat I had was done. I was oh, like, dude. "Fuck!" I got to start this shit over. Now I don't get shitty shit face anymore before I. Well, okay, so you and I have a lot in common as far as I mean, you know, getting shit faced is one. But two, um, if I wasn't in the movie business, if I wasn't doing this shit, I'd probably be barbecuing. I've always loved barbecuing. I've always loved cooking. I've always loved it. So I've got a love affair with it. And uh, I met you. We were at a brewery here. What brewery at? Was Frogtown. There? Frogtown, that's right. Mm-hmm. Frogtown. And I was... I, I was riding my bike because my doctor's like, your cholesterol's high, so you should ride your bike. So I was out riding my bike around, and I smelled you. <laughs> and that's how I got there. So I was out to be healthy, and then you drew me right back in, brother. That happens a lot. We were at another brewery, and we got off the interstate because I pull my trailer smoker everywhere, and I, it's literally lit as we're going down the interstate because a lot of times, like, um, I, I put the tri-tip on very last like right before i pull out the driveway that way by the time i get to the brewery it's fully smoked oh, wild. you know um it's right at you know a perfect 135 medium rare so literally i get to the brewery literally park pull it off let it rest so <laughs> a few times there's cars who have followed us off the interstate and pull up at the brewery it's like yo we followed you on the interstate and came up i was like oh Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. What a great advertising campaign. <laughs> yeah. You know, driving down the road with a lit smoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. That shit is scary, though. I'm like, all it takes is one spark yeah. to set L.A. on fire. So um, yeah, normally man. I have a um, a mesh screen mm-hmm. over it to prevent any of the ambers from coming out. So that way That's I don't want to I don't want to catch a yeah, federal yeah, charge. Out here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's a federal charge there, buddy. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um so yeah, that's how I found your shit, man. And then I was impressed. I love you because look, I'm going to be candid, right? Cuz I think a lot of Los Angeles bar I haven't found really great Los Angeles barbecue out here. I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me, and it's a statement I'm sure that I'll get shit for. No, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. That's that's why we started it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say the names, but we went to a few spots, and the best way to tell if barbecue is really good is from kids. Oh, interesting. How? Um, 
my daughter, if we take her to a barbecue place and she doesn't eat it, it's nasty. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like, and even, you know, four and five year olds, if they don't eat it, don't eat it. That means it's garbage. Kids, kids will tell you if barbecue is good. We've had, um, one couple, um, their kid was, I think four and they said that their kid refused to eat meat and they brought the kid up to the barbecue kid ate the whole thing of meat <laughs> they was like this is the first time their kid has ever eaten meat they've been having to do supplements all kinds of stuff to replace the meat intake and now everywhere we go like once a week no matter where we're at they show up no just shit. to get barbecue for their kid so their kid can eat meat for the week why do you think it why do you think it changed her <clears throat> it's so a lot of barbecue you're getting out here um when they say like pulled pork, mm-hmm. you aren't supposed to just take it and mushy, mush it. That's mush. That's overcooked. It's pulled pork. You literally supposed to pull it apart. Mm-hmm. That lets you know that's pulled pork. That mushy stuff, you know, it's where you could take your hand and just ah, no, that's that's overcooked pork. Well, that's Instagram fucking porn these days, anyway. Right? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Some of these. Oh my god, that's a different story. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was perfectly cooked, well flavored. Um, a lot of times, with my Boston butts, I inject it before I smoke it. Um, mm-hmm. Not going to give full everything, but it has a little bit of apple juice in there, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of oranges, a little bit of ginger, and all that. So I. I inject it first before I season it. So um, it's very flavorful on the inside and you get that really good bark. Um, but for the kid, I literally just gave him the interior part of the pork no, and just went to town on it. You think it's a te- it's probably like a texture thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mushy, mushy pork isn't good. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I mean, if you're, I mean, the whole reason why you're doing that with, with a Boston butt anyways, is that if you're cooking that meat without smoking it, without doing that low and slow cook on it, it's chewy meat, it's crappy meat. So there's a lot of folks that I know that don't like specific things and they come and eat my food that I cook and I'm just like, no one's ever really made this good for you. That's why you don't like it. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. LA has, I will say this, LA is a big restaurant scene, but the the love isn't in the food. It's more about turning the customers, getting them in and out, getting, getting, me, getting them in and out. Yeah. And we went to so many restaurants with expectations, you know, through the roof and we get there, it's like, oh, this sucks, man. Yeah. You know, um, my wife's German. We love German food. Mm-hmm. I think we went to four different German restaurants out here. Um, the special was boxed. I make special from scratch. Mm-hmm. We did, um, we did a, uh, German uh, beer beer fest. I did a uh, smoked Swedish saxa, uh, which is pork shank. Yeah, I love I love um, that. Too. I made special from scratch. Mm-hmm. I did a um, I did a mushroom gravy, and I also did a um, a Warsteiner gravy. Oh, so good. Um, but yeah, and everybody saw that I I was doing a special from scratch and showed up, and they're like the most German restaurants here do box special special. Yeah, I can't stand box special. I can taste it. I'm like, oh, this is trash. I'm not going to eat this. Yeah, Um, there's a few German places that I've been. Is there a spot out here that you like that you think is okay, or is it is it just passable for you? Me cooking it. (laughs) No, be honest with you. Like, then you have to cook for me. I want to. Yeah, my German. Like my mom, my my mother in law. She's um for anytime she cooks now. Well, she doesn't cook now. She's like, I got to cook the German food now. Oh, that's nice. how that's how you know not trying to brag or boast but but that's always a good move when yeah. the mother-in-law loves your shit yeah she's like you can do all the cooking from here on now for uh christmas eve because we do german food on christmas eve oh man she's like you can do all the cooking now i'm like fuck 
I, I came here to drink. <laughs> but you know, I work. That's what I do. For work. Yeah, yeah I'm be my day off. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's um, L.A. has a lot of good restaurants, but like I said, it's they're focusing on getting people in and out. Like they aren't about the the love of the food anymore. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um, the whole the whole experience is, and that that's the thing too. Like, look, you've obviously been cooking more than I have. You're a much better chef than I am, but. I know that I can cook a great meal at home. And so if I'm going to go out, it's like, I want the fucking experience, mm-hmm. right? You, yeah. you don't want to feel like you're just in a turnaround. It's like, how cool is your place to be? What's the vibe? What's the vibe of the people that is making, that's making the food for me? Because I find at this point, I could taste whether or not that person is, has anxiety. If that person is a fucking piece, you, you mm-hmm. can just taste you it. You can taste it in the food. Yes. You could take uh, it's, it's, it's almost like, um, <clears throat> honey. When you go hunting, um, I know I'm going to probably make a lot of people mad, but when you go hunting, it's always you try to do one shot, one kill. Yeah. You know, um, you do a lot of hunting. Yes. Well, not here anymore, but back in Georgia. I've, never, uh, I've, I've always wanted to and I've never done it. It, it is. It is very interesting. Um, I only hunt because I, it's if I hunt anything, I'm eating it. Yeah. That's how I look at it. I don't sport hunt. I don't do now. I don't trophy hunt. Hell no. If I shoot it, I'm eating it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. You have to have the stomach in order to you know take an animal's life. Yeah. Um, but you know you also have to give back. Um, when you do that, you know you have to you know say a little prayer for the animal. You know yeah. you have to say thank you nature for allowing me to get this. Yeah. Um. Well, that's a, that's a that's been the way of Native American culture for years. It's, it's just understanding that there is this symbiosis that needs to happen, right? Like, I need to be able to eat. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out there and overly kill these things for sport. Yeah, no. Like, it's a big process. The reason why I wanted to get into hunting is at this point because I cook a lot. So at this point, my relationship with meat is like you peel the plastic off of it, and there's this like <clears throat> there's this cut piece of meat. I have no idea where the fuck this thing comes from. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's um honestly um I'm, I'm pretty much giving them free advertisement, but I love this place. Um, it's called Huntington Meats. Mm-hmm. It's at the farmers market. Um, those guys are awesome. Their meat is a one quality. Which farmers market? Um, by the Grove. Oh yeah, yeah, I know the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and that is one of the few places that actually has a five mizuki and olive wagyu. Really? Yes. Like on display right there at the shelf. So just, oh my God, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. yo, it's, I'm sorry. I'm over here crying. Cause that, that, that shit's so fucking good, man. <laughs> Anytime I have spare money, I'm like me and my daughter, we look at each other when we go there and my wife's like, she's, she just got this look like, I know what the fuck y'all finna do. And me and my daughter's like, yeah, we want that right there. You know, it's like, yeah. it's like two fifty, three hundred dollars $300 a pound. But I'm like, you know what, dude, I work. I'm going to spoil myself. You know, it's, it's, I'm out here, you know, Thursday through Sunday running off for six hours of sleep. I deserve to spoil myself sometimes. That is my love. Anytime I can get Japanese Wagyu. Yeah. That's, that's, Oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Hold on. Okay, we can fall <laughs> before you fall into a blissful coma over here. Uh, where, so, how'd you get into smoking? Like, where'd that start for you? Um, man, this started so back in the day. Um, I'm originally from Mississippi, Hattiesburg, okay. Mississippi, small little town um, where it's so funny. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, when, if you ever go there, you'll see there's railroad tracks that 
divided the black side of town from the white side of town. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but my grandparents, um, they were bootleggers and moonshiners. Oh, no shit. So my grandfather had a copper distillery um, in the backyard. I remember the cops would come raid and tear that motherfucker up. <laughs> well, pseudo tear it up. Um, but he could, he built it right back. They, we'd have like big parties in the backyard. And now as a kid, I would just watch all the people. Um, they also ran a liquor house. So it was, um, you know, they, people come over, mm-hmm. get drunk off moonshine mm-hmm. and like big barbecues in the backyard. And I used to watch that and was like, oh, this is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they would bury, bear, smoke and bury and smoke whole pigs underground. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just amazing. And I would watch them as I'm growing up. I watched my grandma cook. I watched my grandfather cook out. Um, and I just kind of fell into it between construction and cooking. Mm-hmm. Those were the two things I'm the best at. See, okay, so we have some things in common, some things not in common. My parents were bootlegging, and they weren't doing that stuff. But they, at the same time, would put on these, like, huge fucking parties, like, a couple of times a year, like, massive parties. I remember what a big fucking event it was. My dad would cook these massive meals. And I, as a kid, I wasn't allowed to go to them until I was a certain age. So, like, as a young kid, you're sort of like peering out yep. and seeing what's happening and so that mysticism is built yeah. within you man and it carries through so i'm i'm the fuck is, i love entertaining i love cooking for people mm-hmm. because of that because of that history and being exposed to as a kid looking up and seeing like i've I, I, this is one of the obsessions that i have on the show is like i'm obsessed with just the the manual tasks and the tools that are required to do things whether it's you know, smoking meats or if it's being a bartender and, and, and all those specific tools that come with it and like the understanding of that. And then we talked briefly before this, but I was like a, a mechanics assistant when I was a kid, an airplanes mechanic, mechanic assistant. And so like I, you know, one of the first tasks that you do when you're a young guy like that is that you're just in charge of cleaning the tools and like making sure everything goes back where it's supposed to be and scrubbing the floors and doing all that mm-hmm. shit. And you're just watching these guys, the you art, know. the artists, the, yeah. you're watching the artists. Yeah, you were you were pretty much a laborer. Exactly. You know? exactly. God, I hated that fucking title. Or or <laughs> when I got into the kitchen, you know, I was a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I worked my way up. Um, man, I've worked at Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why a lot of people who come, you know, they're they're amazed at the speed that we get food out. You know, I worked at Waffle House. If you know the South or anywhere along the East Coast, you know Waffle House. We're notorious for being short order cooks. Yeah. We get the order, boom, we make it, you eat, you know. Um, I worked at, God, man, it was back in, it was called uh, Bennigan's. Mm-hmm. I was a dishwasher at Bennigan's. I used to watch the line cooks, uh, all them, you know, do their little thing. They was the cool guys, you know, after work, <laughs> you know, people only wanted to drink with the uh, the kitchen staff, you know, and I'm just a lowly dishwasher. Everybody was looking at me like, oh, you watch this, just get the hell out of here. But the guys that was making the food, you know, they were the popular ones. And then throughout time, you know, I got to learn more about the kitchen aspects of everything, you know, being a sous chef, being um, prep, uh, just, man, it's, it's so many different parts, working parts in a kitchen yeah. that makes it, you know, for you to get really good food. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a headache, it's a stress, but, you know, it's fun. And then just the fact of, you know, when people eat my food and they're happy, you know, they, yeah. they're, they're, they're comfortable. That's why I continue to make sure that every week, my food's the best that I can do. Well, not the best that I can do because I can, there's always room for improvement. Sure. But you know, every week I'm making sure that, you know, people are comfortable. 
Yeah, right. You've got a standard. <clears throat> You've got a level that you're, that you're keeping up to because you're. It sounds like you're addicted to making people happy with that stuff. Yeah, I am. I am. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I almost like every, and I don't even call them customers anymore. I call them clients because we have a lot of repeat clients that show up to breweries where we're at, and you know, I flat out tell them. You know, if you don't like it, please tell me, mm-hmm. you know, tell me what it was that you didn't like about it. You know, um, I think two weekends ago, I make my own dry rubs. Mm-hmm. I didn't put enough salt in the dry rub mm-hmm. and I, I pay attention to everything. And one of the clients came up. He was like, yo, do you have salt? I was like, what do you need salt for? He's like, well, <clears throat> I don't taste the salt on a brisket. I was like, oh, shit. And, I, you know, I cut a piece and I tried. I was like, fuck. And I looked at my dry rubs. I was like, I didn't put enough salt in there. Yeah. You know, and I apologized to the guy. I was like, yo, come back out next week. I'm going to redo the dry rubs. And I guarantee you, you're going to get the salt in there. Um, and I think that should be this week. I think he's coming back out this weekend. Nice, man. Um, but yeah, I, you know, changed the recipe around a little bit, included a little bit more salt in it. Um, so, but yeah, I asked all of my clients, yo, did you like it? What was it that you liked about it? You know, if you didn't like it, tell me. Sure, sure. You know, because I can't grow as a pitmaster, if people aren't giving me their honest opinions, you and know, if you're not, yeah. If you're not engaging with, with your audience, mm-hmm. that's basically what you do. I mean, it's like, it's like making movies, man. It's like, it's the same deal. Like where the volume levels too high or too low on this, on this section. Did you actually feel the emotion that was supposed to be conveyed between this, this shot and this shot and the editing? It's the same fucking thing, man. And so I do the same thing when I'm making films. I, I try to watch and get audience reactions, like legitimate audience reactions. And you know, there are those people out there that are like, I want to be a critic, and they give you your fucking critical shit, whether it's food or whether it's not. And you can feel them right away. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, oh today's your fucking day. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah. But, I mean, most of the time, we're just doing the same same examination. And so when you talk about, like, salt is such a key fucking ingredient <laughs> in the audience's reaction to food, man. Mm-hmm. It's like the biggest fucking ingredient. is salt and sweet, right? Yes. It's like those two things. Mm-hmm. I don't use uh, iodized salt, man. I, that, that's, that's the trash salt to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, no, it's, you might find it in there because of my daughter. Um, but sea salt, kosher salt, there's actually um, uh, the Ritz-Carlton in... Amelia Islands at um, Georgia. Mm-hmm. If you get on their website, they have a custom salt shop. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> fucking amazing. Really? They have black truffle, white truffle, Cajun salt. Like they were doing salt tastings. Oh. They would give you toast points, and you poured a little bit of salt on there, and you tasted the salt. They have, I think they have like fifty different custom salts. I think people just don't realize the difference because I went through the same sort of eye-opening experience a few years ago where it was like, wow, there's a difference between like a flake salt. There's a difference between each and every one of these. Mm-hmm. And it, it isn't just the saltiness that you're feeling. It's also the texture that comes off of it. You know, I love fucking black lava salt I use on like I vegetables. I love, I love that it. Shit. It's so fucking good. Yeah, black man. lava salt. It is amazing. And it is really good for vegetables. Like learning what, I'm trying to figure out how to put this, uh, but learning the different flavor points for different ingredients, mm-hmm. it's it's challenging. But once you start to know them, then your food gets better. Yeah. Like um, when it comes to smoking meats, you know, uh, most people when they, they you hear them smoking meats, oh, hickory or mesquite. No, there's other woods out there. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple, peach, um, almond, um, cherry. Um, every piece of wood has a different flavor 
profile when it comes to smoking meats. I love doing it. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I like using a cherry when I smoke wings because it, fla- it, it, <laughs> it also like colors the wings too. Yes, gives it an awesome color, a very bright red. Yeah. Um, especially, uh, and here's the thing, a lot of people, when it comes to smoking wings, listen to this. If somebody's smoking wings, it's pink on the inside. It is not raw. That is the way the hemoglobin breaks down with the smoke. It is a fully smoked yes. wing. So please don't think it's raw. Yes. If it, if you see that pink smoke ring around, you know, the, the meat closest to the bone, that is not raw. That oh. is smoked. Dude, I love, I love smoking and I, I do a pretty good job of them. I, all my friends fucking love them. I love smoking wings. Yeah. It's like good. chicken and smoke. It's good. so good, man. Yeah. It's so fucking good. Man. Yeah, especially with cherry. Cherry's a really good one for wings. Um, but the way I do my dry rubs, like I said, I normally run with almond peach. Mm-hmm. Um, the price of cherry has shot through the damn roof, so I'm 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 omitting that per pallet is like four hundred dollars now for a pallet of wood. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I'm like, and you burn through it so quick. It's it is like a a fifteen minute burn wood. Like literally you put a piece on there, you're gonna be on the smoker every fifteen minutes adding more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I run with mostly almond and peach. Um, I don't like white oak. Um, it doesn't go well with my dry rubs. <clears throat> Mesquite or hickory does not go well with my dry rubs. Mesquite and hickory just feels like it feels like when everybody got pumped about sriracha and they're putting sriracha on everything. Yeah, sriracha mayonnaise, blah 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 blah. Sriracha, you know what I mean? It's the same kind of. It's the same thing. It's like mesquite and hickory. Mm-hmm. You know. Now in more Texas style, like um, if you go. Like Central Texas barbecue, mm-hmm. they are big on mesquite mm-hmm. and big on their dry rubs. Um, my style, a lot of people ask me, you know, is a Texas style. I'm like, you have to be more specific because Texas has four distinct styles: styles, Central, West, East, and um, like more Southern. Southern is more barbacoa style with the cheek and the tongue um, in the tacos. My style is more. Um, I don't know, South, East, East. Yeah, East, East Texas, which is more closer to Southern. That's why you see me doing like whole alligators and stuff. I know. I haven't had one of your whole alligators. Yeah, that every time I do that, I sell out in like an hour. I even got people buying the head. It was like, yo, let me buy the head from you. I'm like, you know what? That's, I'm not going to ask Where the fuck do you get an alligator? Well, I get a ship from Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, that's that's big alligator farm country there. I get a ship from Baton Rouge. Um, normally when I do alligator, because um, alligator is like 95% lean. Yeah. It has not fat distribution through the meat. It has fat pockets. Yeah. Hold on. Pull that microphone in closer to you. Okay. You can pull the whole stand right at you. There you go. Because you're getting comfortable. Okay. Yeah. It's good. Um, Alligator, you know, it's 95% lean. Um, It has fat pockets throughout. So if you've ever had alligator and it was kind of fishy. Yeah. That's because they left the fat pockets in. Oh, okay. Weird. All right. So. You you take the fat pockets out of the the animal itself? Yes, I remove the fat pockets because I don't want that fishy taste. I want you to taste the dry rubs. I want you to taste the crawfish jambalaya that I'm stuffing the rib cage in the tail with. So if it's so lean, it must be a, a bastard not to dry the thing out, right? Uh, you pull it by like one sixty five. Pull it, and within an hour, serve it. After that, don't serve it because then it's dry shit. Yeah, yeah. If you serve it within that hour, hour, you're gonna be you're gonna it's gonna be so juicy. Nice. But after that, don't serve it to anybody else. So you're away. trying to you're trying to sell out that that alligator when you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just as soon as I pull it off, I want people like buying it. Mm-hmm. And then after an hour, eh, well, you know, people are like, oh, I still want it now. It's dried out. You're gonna hate it. I'm not gonna serve it. I'm not finna. My name's on this. And what, I, do you, what do you stuff it with? Crawfish jambalaya. 
Oh, fascinating. Yes, yes, crawfish jambalaya. Um, I stuffed the rib inside of it, the body cavity, and along the tail with crawfish jambalaya. Is that, and without going specifics in your recipes, but is it like just crawfish? Do you use like uh, sausages and all that kind of stuff in the jambalaya? Yes, I put um, andouille sausage in there. Um, yeah, yeah. I normally make my own sausage, uh, but certain times I'm like, yo, I don't feel like doing this. And there's a place in Baton Rouge where I get andouille shipped from. Oh, nice. Um, it's the traditional andouille sausage. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't want to make it, then I just order it from them and just run wild with it that sounds amazing dude. yeah it is so good like the funniest shit i think we had like two orders of the crawfish jambalaya left and my wife started tell, telling people we were out just so she could have some <laughs> i'm like yo no we're selling that she was like you're fucking lying i'm gonna eat this i was like all right you know what you know what i'm gonna let you have it you, you, you can have it yeah we're we're out of crawfish jambalaya so so do you do the do you do the crawfish yourself or do you get the meat shipped in I get the meat shipped in Craw- yeah. pilling crawfish is a is a cunt man like I did oh it, we did a fucking uh, a crawfish boil when I was back at home on the east coast and my brother did one and I'm like this is fun and all but it's a lot of fucking, fucking work. work yeah yeah and for the level of meat that you're getting for each one that you're <laughs> yeah, doing it's a lot of, it's fucking, a lot of work. fucking work man. yeah and there, there are some people you know in the South, man, people do crawfish bowls. You see them like break the tail off and like suck the insides out. I'm like, like no, <laughs> hell no, I'm not eating that shit, man. No, I just want the tails, bro. Y'all can, y'all can have sucking out the body cavity juice. <laughs> no, and I'm talking like it's like drizzling down the side of their mouth. I'm like, you're having a fucking ball, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm not he's doing that. He's just learning all of their family history. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what he's doing. laughs> yeah, I, I want to know where this crawfish was raised. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh okay, so. I'm eating your brother right now, huh? Yeah, okay, gross, yeah, okay. man. Yeah, no, give me the fucking tails, dude. Yeah, it's want... a lot of fucking. It's a lot of fucking work for the amount of. And so I grew up in Boston. So I grew up on the East Coast, and so it's like you know seafood, you know lobsters, and I love lobster, but it's a lot of fucking work, work. Mm-hmm. you know. And so like, I don't get that impressed by it when you're out in places where people don't get it, and they're like, "This is super cool," and they get the fucking claw, they get the fucking shit that they're doing, they're banging on claws. I'm like, dude, it's getting everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is about lobster, a lot of people don't know the difference mm. between warm water and cold water lobster. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I get so like everywhere I go, I see lobster. I'm like, where is it from? Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's Florida lobster. I'm not eating that shit. No, man. No, dude. And I'm gonna be this way about oysters too, because I'm from the East Coast, and there's something about that cold water, very salty fucking oyster. Mm-hmm. And then you get oysters out here, and you go to a spot, and they're like dollar oysters, and you go in there, and it's like these are from Mexico. Like, these taste like fucking peanut butter, about, dude. Yeah. Oh, we did an oyster fest a few weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a shit ton of oysters flown in. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. Um, I actually got some. I gotta some, come to you. I gotta come more to your shit, man. Oh, dude, After I do some. Do I do some amazing stuff. Like we did an oyster fest at Lawless. Um, I had. I shucked over seven hundred and fifty oysters myself. Jesus, dude. Yeah, fuck oysters. Yeah, fuck them. Um, but I took some. Um, I got some olive wagyu in, and I actually thin sliced the olive wagyu, wrapped the oysters in it, and then slightly smoked them. <laughs> oh my God, that, people were losing their shits, dude. They was like, "What? You can really do that?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Man. And um, you know, just <laughs> just me shucking the oysters at the table so people can see it because a lot of people don't see the process that. You know, we go through to shuck oysters. It's a and, lot of fucking. It's dangerous too, man. God, yeah, yeah. Well, luckily I had cut proof gloves, yeah. but um, my my 
uh, pinky and my other finger, I still haven't got feeling back in those from shucking so many oysters. Oh my God, man. Yeah, I won't. Yeah, next time I'm hiring people to do that next year, we're doing the same thing next year. But I had like eight different kinds of oysters. I had some from Vermont. Um, was mm-hmm. it Vermont? Um, Rap- Rappahannock mm-hmm. oysters. Um, God, I can't remember all of them. There's some had. great ones. There's some great ones from Maine. And then like where I grew up, there's like uh, a bunch in like, um, and uh, off of Cape Cod. So, like, if you're down and you're getting stuff from Sandwich and and uh, and uh, Chatham, Chatham oysters, all that stuff, fucking. Mm-hmm. They, I think it's probably because I swam in that ocean when I was a kid. And, you know, you get a mouthful of ocean when you go in there. And so when I have an oyster, I feel like I'm back swimming. In the- yeah, it's it's me personally. I don't I don't I got burned out on oysters. Um, I worked at a oyster bar in Atlanta. Um, oh, well, that'll burn. Yeah, you out. I got burned out, dude. I was like, I'm <laughs> fuck oysters, man. But um, I knew people here haven't had really good oysters. So that's why we did the Oyster Fest at uh, Lawless. Um, we're going to do it again next year. Hopefully it'll be bigger. Um, man, we've done that. We did a Mardi Gras event. I did um, the whole stuffed alligator, crawfish jambalaya. I made gumbo. Um, what well, was a smoked gumbo? I did, um, God, man, red beans and rice. I did crawfish etouffee. Oh, man. Um, oh, and man. everything was done on my smoker. Oh, dude. All right, so... So when you started, when did you start smoking? Were you smoking for family members? Like how just did start? friends for friends? Yeah, back in Atlanta, like I have. And you, do you remember your first smoke? Oh my god, that brisket was fucking horrible. And how many people were you smoking for? It was like eight of us. Yeah, it was horrible. They loved it. Yeah. Oh well, my god, it was horrible. No, actually, no, no. It was before that. It was for my daughter's birthday. We did a camping adventure for her and her friends. We did um, yurts. The little Indian teepees or whatever back in Atlanta, there was yeah. a little campground that you can rent yurts, and it was, um, I think she had four of her little girlfriends, and it was like four of her little male friends from the neighborhood, and I smoked the brisket. Oh my god, the kids like literally like ate the brisket like without their, and I'm I'm trying, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like eating fucking rubber. <laughs> oh my god, what did I do? Yeah, and then I literally just started, you know doing it more and more and concentrating more and paying attention to it more. And then that's when I started getting into making my own dry rubs. Um, did you ever have uh, did you ever have like a like a proto- like a, uh, a mentor in the thing? Did you ever go to someone or was it just you figuring yeah, it out? Just me figuring it out. Yeah, that's cool, Me man. figuring out, um, you know, what's the perfect temperature to pull the brisket? You know, what's the perfect temperature to pull the pulled pork? You know, just pulling everything and then learning about the resting of the meat. Mm-hmm. That's very important to let it rest. Get a really good cooler. Um, if you can't afford a good cooler, you know, get some old towels that your wife isn't going to beat you up about. Don't use your fucking regular towels because... <laughs> Lord knows I got cussed out um, and letting it rest for at least 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, my briskets, everything that I cook or smoke, I let it rest for at least two hours in my Cambros. I have Cambros, so I let it rest in there. It maintains the temperature. Literally, as I'm pulling everything, I pull in the Cambro. Just let it rest because that resaturates the meat. It's yeah. wrapped. Let it resaturate. You get that moisture um, back in there. The flavors so slowly seeping through. Um, Brisket's a bastard, man. Yeah. It's one of the things I don't do just because it's a fucking tunnel. It's a it's a long fucking run, man. Yes, it's very unforgiving. Yeah, Brisket is very unforgiving. You're either going to do it right or you're going to do it fucking wrong there's there is no no in between with brisket brisket is very unforgiving i've thrown away you know to this day still you know be flat out honest with you i throw briskets away 
you know, because yeah, they don't come out. It doesn't come out right. You know, um, the flavors there, but you know, the point over the flat overcooked. Yeah. You know, the flats. You know, the points at you know one ninety five where I want to pull it, but then I check the flat. It's at like two fifteen. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I can't serve this. You know, or I can split it in half, throw that away, and then that leaves me with you know ten pounds of brisket. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll do that. But most times I'm like, you know what? I just throw it away because it's it's not up to my standards. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing I love to do um, more than I like, and I actually enjoy it more than I like brisket is uh, beef ribs. Is the uh, the dino short ribs or the regular spare the beef spare ribs the dino short ribs oh my god yeah I still do those I sell out of those so quick they're so fucking good dude. yes oh my god it's it melts in your mouth when it's done right Ugh. you shouldn't even have to chew beef ribs those dino short the well they call them uh they're called plate ribs plate technical terms the mm-hmm. plate ribs mm-hmm. um <clears throat> that should just melt in your mouth because of the fat content in there the Distribu- distribution of the fat in between it. it should just melt in your mouth. I feel like okay, so and this is a controversial statement for a lot of barbecue nerds. I feel like my eating experience with ribs, like sh- like the uh, short ribs, plate ribs, is more enjoyable than my eating experience with brisket because I think it's just got such a extreme. Uh, it's got such an extreme uh, playing space for that flat and the mm-hmm. flavor. And if it's done right, it's got the right seasoning on it. Like it's, it's just like this orgasmic fucking hand job of a, yeah, it is, it is an experience. Brisket connoisseurs are going to kill me too, but yes, the, the the plate ribs to me are better than brisket. Dude, and, and everybody weighs everything so heavily on brisket, and I think it's because I've had so many shitty fucking briskets where people are like, here it is. And you're like, it's fucking dry, dry shit. shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing here? It, it, like the short rib game is so much more fun to me. And while I'm making controversial statements, I don't know if you'll agree with this one, but I also like uh, baby back ribs more than I like actual regular ribs. See, those, it's, I'm on the fence. My daughter, I prefer um, um, St. Louis cut ribs. My daughter mm-hmm. prefers baby back. Yeah. You know, the only difference is, you know, with baby back, the meat sits more on the top and St. Louis it sits in between it. Plus, it's a whole different cut. Yes. You know, um, I just like the 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 bite size sort of like chewability the, mm-hmm. thing that comes with it. I think. It's well, really you good. would like um, rib tips then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, rib tips because it's 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 you're getting like the cut of meat similar to the pork spare ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like just a big chunk of meat is so fucking good yeah um you would love rib tips i think um let me know next time you're coming and i'll make sure i'll have some 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 rib tips and you would it's it's like eating the ribs without the bones see that's super cool yeah i mean like i i I like spare ribs but there's something just and if i'm gonna do them i'll do baby backs i just feel like it's like um it's like this interesting sort of delivery system so I, like I think it's a lot more it's a lot more fun to get these like little like rainbows yeah little roundness in them yeah yeah it's it's yeah. it's I did baby back ribs um but I had more people asking me for the St Louis style yeah, ribs, you know the St Louis St Louis cut of ribs um I every get now a lot then of people are fucking boring <laughs> yeah well we rotate we're, we're this summer we're gonna be rotating back and forth some weeks we're gonna do St Louis style uh St Louis cut and some weeks we're gonna do the pork spare ribs the nice, baby, I mean the baby back ribs um we're gonna rotate it around um so do, so do you have a system in place now where you, you make your own dry rubs, you do your own stuff. Do you like to experiment with that stuff? Or do you, are you like, like, I'm trying to hone this fucker in, so I'm going to stick with what I have? I, I like to experiment. You know, um, right now, like with my my ribs, I do a composition, competition style um, glaze on there. 
mm-hmm. which is, you know, the traditional um, brown sugar, honey, uh, butter. But, you know, I add a little bit more to it to get a little bit more spiciness out of it. Um, but right now I want to start, you know, I want to try to do like a jalapeno peach glaze on a rib. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, you know, or a mango habanero peach mm-hmm. glaze on a rib. So I still do play around um, if I have shorter weeks. Um, if it's a full week from Sunday through Thursday, no, I'm going with traditional. But yeah, like, yeah. Um, I think we're just doing Saturday and Sunday. So this evening I'm going to go home and play with some different glazes. Um, you know, uh, we're actually... I'm working on because we're getting ready to start doing like a barbecue brunch. Yeah, um, I'm working on smoked jellies right oh, now. Fascinating. Yeah, a smoked jalapeno jelly, a smoked peach jelly, um, and I'm thinking about a um, a smoked green apple jelly where the jelly is actually green. Fast. Okay, so if you're gonna make a jelly, right, you're you're doing a reduction of whatever you're putting in there. So you're right, you're boiling that stuff down, mm-hmm. you're simmering that stuff down. Are you smoking it at a high temp because you're doing that simmer anyways, or is the, is it already jellied and you're doing like a low temp? After? Well, I'm actually smoking the fruits themselves. Oh, fucking fascinating! Yes, okay. I'm smoking the fruits themselves, so Smart. that way it's Smart. it's it's and you'll know if you smoke a fruit. You, the best way to know it's ready, the peel comes right off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I'm gonna be smoking the fruits first and then start breaking them down into Smart. the jellies. Smart. Yeah, just like I do a smoked vanilla bean ice cream. Oh, because you're smoking. I'm smoking the uh, the milk. Yeah. Yeah. So that's being smoked. And then for about 15 minutes and then I make the ice cream. So you get the light smokiness in there also with the vanilla beans. And that's it's cool. It's, so. good. it's fucking good. <laughs> I just can't. It's hard for me to do it. Like I only do do that a lot of times during catering because I have a just a small little ice cream maker um, and I have to constantly keep freezing the little tub. Yeah. So it's hard to do that at a lot of the brewers we're at. Um because I would be running, they most of them just have coolers, not freezers. So it's hard for me to figure that out, how to keep it frozen. Yeah, yeah. So I can make more of it. Um, but yeah, a smoked apple pie. I do that. Oh, dude, come on. Yeah, and it's actually got, instead of the, a lot of people, if you, you see them smoke breads, it's not a cr- crispy crust. It's more of a soft crust. But I actually get the full brown crust on the smoked apple pie. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 When's the last time you went and saw your doctor? <laughs> My wife's been getting on to me about that. She's, you know, what's funny though. I don't, I don't eat that much barbecue anymore. I bet because you're always in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My daughter loves it though. Oh my God. Like my daughter literally eats pulled pork and macaroni and cheese every fucking weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, your, your cholesterol has to be through the goddamn roof. Well, you know, I also, I joke about this when I've done a lot of, cause I've done like, you know, full weekends, multiple days, nothing like you're doing, but like I've done full runs of it. And it's, it smokes everywhere. It's in my fucking beard. I'm like, if I cut my arm off, I probably have a smoke ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's there. There's like certain. I'm not even trying to sound. There's certain days where I'm done smoking. I'm like, oh my god, I got two hours to take a nap. And there's like, I'm like, I can take a shower or I can take a nap. There's like black ass charcoal handprints on the wall for me. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna go to sleep. My wife's like, I fucking hate you. Like. Get that shit off my wall. It's like monster handprints from charcoal or um, just me tracking in and, in and out of the house because um, I can't. We have a um, we have a small little commissary area that we rent to prep all the food, but I have to do all the smoking at my house Yeah, because I can't. Nobody allows a smoker on pro- on property, so I have to smoke everything in my house, but every all the sides of stuff are made at our commissary or whatever. Um, Wild. 
Yeah, and my house is a mess. There's like, especially with me, you know, starting at 11 o'clock at night, the morning wetness is all over the grass, and I'm tracking that shit in and the house. It's like boot prints everywhere, <laughs> grease stains. So my, like my, my driveway is black because of grease. Like I have to press wash that shit like every, every other week. God, man. Yeah. Just charcoal bags everywhere. Wood, like pallets of wood every fucking where. My wife's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you decide to buy like the big smoker and and do to do the thing? Last year. Last year. Yeah, we got frustrated that we had to go all the way down to San, San Diego to get really good barbecue. Yeah. Like we drove all the way to San Diego. Um it was amazing. The guys from Atlanta too. Um his barbecue was amazing. He had a um I think it was like a fruity pebble strawberry crunch cake huh i was like holy fuck this is amazing <laughs> and we got back up here and we went to like i said we hit a bunch of the spots a bunch of the spots i've and, just been unimpressed I've been yeah unimpressed too. unimpressed unimpressed like the pulled pork it's already slathered in barbecue i'm like y'all 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 soaking this shit in barbecue already i don't i don't like that yeah dude, uh, and you can tell like you can tell okay so if i show up to a barbecue place and i don't smell smoke in any way mm-hmm I'm like, okay, what the okay, what the fuck is this? And then if you go to a barbecue spot at like six o'clock at night, and they're still pulling ribs out, you're like, all right, like these were these were done somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, they were done somewhere else. These were done somewhere else, man. Yeah, yeah, like a barbecue place should start running out of stuff around seven o'clock. They should start. Oh, we're out of this. We're out of that. We're out of that. Otherwise, they're they're pre making it. Yeah, you know, man. it's made like days before. Um, yeah, I mean, when I go, when I want to have barbecue from somebody, I want to go, like your setup, man. I want to go to a spot where I know that this guy's been up all night doing his work, yeah. right? Because you're tasting, you're going for the fucking love, dude. You're mm-hmm. going for the that, and so you go, and this dude's gonna be out of his shit by like one in the afternoon, and yeah. it's because you know he can only make a certain amount of stuff mm-hmm. in the course of that night, man. You know, yeah. yeah. Like if you do come to our pop up, get there before eight. Normally by eight o'clock we start running out. Like I do um most times I do like two to three briskets, um, eight to ten racks of ribs, like four Boston butts, um, five to six tri-tips, yeah, um, like five to six whole chickens. Like I do a lot to try to push it, you know, push it as late as I can. But you know, it's most times we're sold out. Yeah. You know, I don't give shitty portions. You know, I honestly don't weigh out anything. Most people are like, well, how much is it? I'm like, um, it's damn near a pound of meat that I'm giving, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you get your money's worth. Are you, you know? doing okay? Are you doing okay as far as like making cash and all that stuff? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, Good. we're doing, yeah, we're doing, LA's fucking expensive though. Yeah. LA's fucking expensive. I'm, oh my God. Like we, whew. are you talking about supplies? Or you just talking about life? Just life. Yeah, man. Yeah. The supplies, we, we got a really good distributor right now. Um, we and everybody who's come up, you know, we write our, our prices on a chalkboard and we adjust them daily for the cost of the pork, the brisket, the sides. We have our prices go up and down as the price of meat goes up and down. Wow, but food fucking is insane right now. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Just it for is. bullshit. Just going and buying onions and shit. You're just like, what the fuck? How yeah. are these so expensive right now? Yeah, like. I prefer to use fresh vegetables and everything like for my baked beans, you know, I, but the price of onions and bell peppers have shot through the roof. I hate to say it. I have to use frozen onions and bell peppers. It's affected the flavor a little bit. Um, but the cost, the, you have to make it costly. Cost, yeah. I have to make it 
price efficient because there's already bacon. There's already ground beef in my baked beans. You know, I do use two different kinds. You know, there's so much. My baked beans, you know, smoky, savory, a hint of sweetness with a little bit of spiciness, Mm -hmm. you know. And to achieve all those flavors in just one little thing of baked beans, there's a lot of ingredients that go in there. Yeah. So, you know, I try not to cut costs where, but for onions and bell peppers for right now, I'm going to have to use frozen ones. Yeah. Um, because as far as the beef quality, you know, I know where my pork's coming from. I know how my pork is being treated. You know, I'm not getting, you know, pork from one of the major manufacturers who don't know how the pork is being treated, you know, mm-hmm. or if, how much antibiotics they're shooting it up with. Like I can tell you my pork is being they're 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 treated good. Mm-hmm. Um, the beef, you know, I could be an asshole and get commodity, which is pretty much damn near dairy cow, mm-hmm. you know, or I can continue to buy Angus. Mm-hmm. You know, I prefer Angus. The fat distribution of Angus is actually really good. I prefer that. Um, commodity is just trash. There's fat everywhere. You're going to, you know, you slice into the um, the point and you can see there's more fat distribution in there than, than there is meat. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't use commodity. It's cheaper. You know, commodity is going for, I think, like $5 a pound for commodity. You know, for my briskets, I'm paying like $8 a pound. Yeah, and that adds up. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah. Um, that adds up because then you have to charge the right amount. And then I think <clears throat> I said this on a previous episode and I sort of scathed these people. That I, I, I just don't think that folks understand the amount of fucking work that it takes for you uh-huh. to get, even get there, for you to open up the back and have these things in there, right? Yeah. And I think someone that like someone that just sort of shows up, they're like, ah, she's like a fucking barbecue. And you throw the fucking thing in the barbecue and then it comes out and it's not a big deal. Know. It's like, how many hours do you work before you get to where you're actually plating this stuff. Yeah, uh, 10 to 12 already. Yeah. Before <clears throat> before we pull up to the breweries, like um, on Saturdays and Sundays, we try to get there by like 11. Yeah. And be fully set up to go by like 12, 1230. And you've already done 10 hours prior. I've already done 10 hours prior. And you've been up. Yeah, I've been up. And then we're at the breweries till 8, 9 o'clock at night. Um, you know, I have to, you know, a lot of times stoke the fire or... You know, I'm still cooking stuff, you know, and I'm also cutting the meats, you know, I'm engaging with the clients, you know, Um, and then when we're done, we literally have to tow the trailer back. We have to clean everything up, pressure wash the trailer. I have to scrape the grease out of the bottom of the uh, reverse flow smoker. I have to clean out the charcoal, um, the burnt, the the, shit, I forgot the name of it, but all this literally is just so much cleaning. Yeah. And then guess what? Once I'm done cleaning, I have to light the thing back up. That's insane, dude. Get back to smoking. You know, it's a lot of fucking work. Yeah, trimming the meat. You know, it's 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 you know an hour alone just trimming the meat, trimming the brisket. Um, you know, pulling the skin up, trimming the ribs down to St. Louis cut. Um, oh my god, trimming the tri tip. Um, right, because that's all part of it. That's an important part of it, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't cut that shit right, it doesn't smoke. Right. It doesn't smoke right. You know, you're getting. Yeah. <clears throat> I remember I, I, I skated on tri-tip. I was like, oh, I'm not going to trim it that good. I didn't cut the silver skin off. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It was tough as fuck. Yeah. You know, it was the part that had a silver skin on it, you had to pull it. But the part without, it just, you know, it's just, oh, my God, it melts in your mouth. So now I have to fully trim the tri-tip. You know, fully trim the tri-tip. Yeah. Um, the brisket. You know, it's, it's, I have to fully trim that, you know, where the flat, 
I don't, you know, most people say a quarter inch. I leave a little bit more on there. That keeps the, that's almost like an insulator blanket for the flat. Yeah. Um, the point, you know, the point area is where I trim most of it down to like a quarter of an inch fat on there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so much goes into doing the barbecues. You know, like I said, I make my dry rubs at least a week out. That way the flavor intermingles, you know, it mixes perfectly with it. I can't do my dry rubs right then and there because the flavors aren't mixed. Right. Because the salt's going to absorb whatever you're putting in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, I have to constantly call my distributor for the wood. Hey, what do you have in? You know, and he's like, oh, I just got one pallet or two pallets of uh, almond in. I'm like, hey, I need both those pallets. You know, that's $350 a pallet right there. And with each pallet, I'm getting maybe four smokes. Yes. Five. Yeah. People don't think about that. When you go and you're just like grabbing that plate. It's the, same. the other thing that, that I think the food that they do, obviously, that they do well out here is uh, a lot of really good Mexican food and a lot of good taco stands. It's the same thing. I was getting tacos from this old couple. They were really adorable. And they were at one of the brewery places. And they were just exhausted. They had just shown up and they were already exhausted. Mm-hmm. And you're just, and I, when I go and I get food from folks like you and them, I'm always very appreciative because it's like, I know that you've been up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like 10 hours man so not only am i going to try to give you a good tip but i'm i'm also going to engage with you and make it worth your time yeah you see these fucking assholes that go over and they grab a plate and then they complain and they oh my god yeah yeah right that's why i don't work in the food industry i think i would just i think i would murder somebody yeah yeah it is i will say the food the 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 pop-up industry out here is like cutthroat oh really oh my fucking god like right now there's I'm not going to say their name, but there's a food truck that's turned into like the Walmart of food trucks. Uh-huh. They're like, they're, 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 they have so many food trucks now that they're getting into all the major breweries. And they're trying get, to, they're trying to monopolize that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're going through that right now. The three breweries we're at is one food truck. That's, they have one, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get all the Saturdays and Sundays. Uh-huh. And we're slowly being, you know, I, honestly, I, I told my wife, I was like, we're slowly being bumped out of the way um, for them, which is cool with me because we're getting ready to start a ghost kitchen anyway. So oh, what's, um, that, what's that about? Um, so it's it's in Koreatown. Like the biggest thing right now is ghost kitchens. It's not it isn't a restaurant. It's just literally just ordering to go food and delivery service. We don't have to have like a full, you know, service staff. We It's like literally like a a 10 by 12 kitchen with everything in there and uber eats DoorDash. people just order off the app and oh and then you ship it out mm-hmm. that's yeah. cool man keeps the cost way down yeah 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 so we're thinking about getting into that um you know because i think everything in koreatown is like korean barbecue right now yeah, there's yeah. no barbecue barbecue and all of my neighbors was like oh well when are you gonna open something here and i'm like oh well we'll do the ghost kitchen yeah, yeah. so but yeah we're getting Monopolize this, like I said, the food industry, the pop up industry is fucking cut capitalism, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's if you have the money, you can buy like a shit ton of food trucks, take over all the breweries, and just move us little people out. Yeah, yeah, because it's just it's literally me and my wife, and sometimes my daughter. Like when we do catering events, my daughter comes and helps. Yeah, um, but I dude, look, that's what I, I that's part of why you know I'm having you on the show, man, is uh, like. The thing to appreciate, at least when you go out and you get food, or if I go out to a bar, the thing I'm there for is the vibe. And and the, there's there's something really nice. When I was a kid, I was taught that if I went into a restaurant, if I went into a bar or an establishment, it's like going to someone else's house, mm-hmm. right? You walk in, thank you for having me. 
I appreciate you, you know, you being here. You're nice. You're polite. You sit down and you have conversations with people, and that's that's it, man. Like mm-hmm. the best part about food, and I, this is one of the big reasons why I got a filmmaking podcast. But food's a big part of it. It's like if I'm gonna make a a movie, if I'm gonna do a project, if I'm gonna hang out with a bunch of strangers, I'm gonna have them come over and cook for them. Yeah, right. Because the whole process of that is they get to see my history, like my heritage through how I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. Right, and then I get to be involved with them. I get to make them feel good. They get to be a, pr- a part of the process of making this stuff. I mean, that's that's what. what <sighs> so when you start dealing with like you know Uber Eats and DoorDash and all that stuff, it's cool, right? But you're still a fat ass sitting on your fucking couch, and you're not really engaging <clears throat> with anybody. <right>? Yeah, <clears throat> you're not out there. You're not out yep. there meeting folks and learning new lessons from people that are they're, they're trying to live their lives in the same fucking world that we're in mm-hmm. and they figured out a couple of interesting little things to do and you're just like ah oh, that's fucking cool like how'd you yeah like my my original thing is what we want to do is um i want to eventually once we save up the money or whatever i want to like do a barbecue restaurant where the smokers are in the kitchen yeah, that's cool you know i want to do a whole glass you know glass wall where you know you see us running the smokers yeah. you know because and and that's the most entertaining part about barbecue you know is watching the guy running around you know opening everything up spritzing the meat you know checking the temperatures moving everything around you know that's that's the entertaining part it's almost like putting on a show for your guests hell yeah dude you know the the watching them literally sweating or you know just watching them maintain the fire making sure that all all, all the, the uh, temperature gauges are pretty much within a 10 to 15 degree range of each other. Yeah, it's a lot you know, of work. Oh my God, it's a fucking headache. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everything's different. Everything leaks heat different. Mm-hmm. Every piece, even though they're they're the exact same smoker, just that little bit of difference in the metal thickness will affect the temperature or just the humidity, the wind flow. Like yeah, um, Lawless, um, it's like a wind tunnel. I, it's I, literally, I have to, I go through like, 30 pieces of wood just trying to keep the fire lit. You know, I'm always running around there and it's like, fuck, it went out again. You know, because there's so much wind coming in, which is knocking everything out. Um, yeah, you know. so, I mean, I don't cook on a large scale. I've got like a, I've got a pretty big bullet smoker and I do that stuff. But even playing with that, man, you're still like, you're playing. Yeah. It's, the whole time. Yes, you're working the whole time. You're running around like a chicken with your head cut off, you know. Yeah, these dudes that have the new pellet. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a part of, we have this like barbecue group, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like all dudes that work in the industry, most of our guys, and you know, a lot of gaffers and grips oh. and people, they, they smoke on the weekends. And so we're all like, we have a text group and we antagonize each other. So mm-hmm. it's usually like, what are you fucking making? And we go through this process and each and every one of us is completely obsessed with just how it's a fully fucking immersive thing if you're gonna sit down and smoke something Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing that's all you're fucking doing all day and you're 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 keyed into as soon as you light a fire you're keyed into what that heat's doing how that fire is playing its game and how's the smoke is it burning clean is it not burning clean like Mm -hmm. and it's you you give yourself to the I don't want to say process because that's the fucking show title, but you give yourself into the art of making smoke. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I love it, dude. I, I, I think it's so, it's so relaxing because I'm not doing it as my business. I assume if I was doing it as my business, I'd sort of hit a point where I'm like, okay, this is fucking killing me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, but when it's a hobby, I'm like, this is just fucking relaxing to me, man. Yeah. It's like with, you know, 
just just so much when it comes to like what if you have a um a drum smoker like a, a most i have three drum three smokers at home all of them are oklahoma joe's minus my trailer smoker i have um two of what i consider the side dump smokers is the smoke box on the side mm-hmm. um one's a reverse flow one's the drum smoker and for the drum smoker i'll, I'll run wood chips in that mm-hmm. because i don't want to you don't want to put too much smoke in there. Otherwise you're getting dirty smoke. Um, for the side dump, I run the chunks, you know, for the reverse flow, I run the chunks, but for my regular one, I actually run logs. You know, it's so much that you have to count into everything because you don't want to get too much smoke in there. Otherwise it's dirty smoke. Yeah. Right. You you can tell when you bite into a piece that's too smoky, it's bitter. It's, Mm -hmm. and I've done that. I've made some bitter fucking pieces of meat. But that's to me, that's, that's almost like with mesquite and hickory. I, it, it tastes bitter to me. That's why I don't like it. You mm-hmm. know, there's some people, um, like I said, uh, Central Texas, they run mostly uh, mesquite. Mm-hmm. You know, they love that bitterness of mesquite. I don't, Yeah. you know, I, I prefer more of a cleaner taste. Well, that's how I feel about barbecue in general, right? That's why I'm a big dry rub guy. I've mm-hmm. always been a big dry rub guy. And if you're going to have some sort of sauce, you have sauce on the side, or like if I'm going to, if I'm going to, like, I'll do, like, a smoked, I do, like, a smoked, salty, spicy wing, and then I'll just hit it with a bit of honey at the back end so you get that sweet that counteracts the, the salt. But I'm not really a sauce guy. Like, if I yeah. show up to a spot and it's covered with Kansas-style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no. I do all my own sauces. My I do a bullet bourbon barbecue sauce. Um, smoky, savory, with a hint of sweetness with that. I do a um, Carolina Gold barbecue sauce. I love Carolina stuff. Um, but... You know, Carolina is going to kill me from this because they don't put honey in their right. It's just sauce. mostly vinegar. It's like Vin- a mustard-based vinegar. Mm-hmm. But I put honey in mine. It's that add because mine is super spicy, but it has a little kick to it, so I put honey in there because it counteracts to- all that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So most Carolinas is like, ah, we don't claim your barbecue sauce. I'm like, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's- but the whole fucking look. There's this bullshit that's in the barbecue scene where it's like the elitism and like the traditionalism, oh and I'm like. I get it, man. You, you. There's something really great about understanding where it comes from, the history of it, mm-hmm. understanding how to make it. But then, you know, fuck off. Like you, you should be developing, Been, things. yeah, you advancing, be pushing things. Yeah, like, like North and South Carolina, man. They are in so much competition with each other <laughs> when it comes to that because you know it's literally a little crevice separating the two. And like North Carolina is more um, thinner vinegar-based barbecue sauces. Yeah. South Carolina is more mustard-based barbecue sauces. Um, North Carolina, they do whole pig. South Carolina um, is more pork shoulders Mm -hmm. and butts, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, You know, what is it that's saying uh, North Carolinans, the only thing a North Carolina won't eat from a pig is the oink. Yo, and uh, that 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 I'm just like, wow, dude, they're they fucking savages, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, they 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 have a rivalry rivalry going serious with yeah. who has the best. Like, um, but I remember one thing that's that has stuck with me. I remember years ago because if you everybody tries to research the history of barbecue, who started it, who started it, and there's so many different things. But one that really stood out with me was. Um, Sir um, Walter Raleigh, mm-hmm. um, that is documented that he saw the tribesmen, the na- you know the natives, uh, smoking fish barbacoa style, hmm. you know, and that's one of the first you know documented histories of barbecue. 
No shit. Yeah. But, you know, there's probably more out there. It's just depending on each area has their own little myth. But me being from that side. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, like the everything that I've heard about it is that it's it really it is, you know, it started as the food that you would serve the, the help or the slave. Mm-hmm. Or the slaves were cooking for themselves. So, like, you're getting, like, shitty cuts of meat. You're getting yeah. whatever the fucking... You know the bosses don't the want, want mm-hmm, the they, chitlins, the pig feet, get all that ears. crap, and then and then you're like, how do I make this fucking taste good? And the ingenuity, and that isn't just with barbecue. That's with Italian. That's with any of this fucking food that exists. That Mexican food, like anything where you're like dealing with poverty and you're dealing with rougher cuts of meat or really hard uh, sources of food, and the people that just sit there and go, I'm not going to just accept this. I'm not going to gnaw on this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I make this fucking taste good? Yeah, like beef shank. You know, they call it now Thor's fucking hammer. That was the cheapest fucking, fucking piece kind of meat. Yeah, yeah, now it's like, for just one shank bone, it's like $20. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Y'all the fucking, fucking Instagrammers. Reverse, the reversal of this shit. Yeah. And you go to places like, I mean, just on tacos a lot. Like, if I go somewhere and it's like $6 a fucking taco, I'm like, what is going on here? Dude, man? that's, yeah. And certain taco places, I'm like, yo, this shit is really dry. Yeah, dude. I'm like, when did you cook this? Yeah. You know, I've been craving asada fries. I finally went to a spot. It was like, oh, yeah, go try them. And I was, you know, I was coming back from the from a motorcycle event and I was on my bike. I was like, oh, asada fries pulled right over. I threw the shit away. <laughs> I literally had two bites. I was like, this is fucking horrible. Yeah. This is horrible. Yeah. You know, I'm, it's, I'm like, you, you, you're not investing in your food. I'm like, first of all, it's simple cuts of meat. Guess what? You can grill them real quick, serve it medium rare. Yeah. You know, that way it's juicy. Don't, not dry. Yeah. You know, um, there's no love in it. There, there isn't. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just I'm slanging it on there. I'm going I'm to pre cook everything, put it in a streamer pan, keep it warm, and I'm just going to slang it on there. And you know, you like after an hour, throw that shit out, man. There's you know, no, there's no dude. It, <laughs> I, there's a longer, there's a longer rant, but it, like I feel like uh, you know, it's the way of our country, man. It's like everybody looks for a fast way to make some cash they come up with a fucking idea they decide that they're gonna fucking invest in a bunch of food trucks and then like how do i hire these people and get them to do it as cheap as fucking possible put them out there and there isn't the love in it when you talk to folks that are making anything whether it's fucking barbecue or sneakers and these people just don't give a fuck they're mm-hmm. like i'm in it to make money yeah. that's what i'm in it for is to make money and it's like if you're doing it right you're never making enough money, money. mm-hmm Right, because the fucking time and the energy that goes into doing it, like making movies, the time and energy that goes into making this stuff, you're never going to be properly fucking compensated for that. So and you have to, you have to love all that shit you're not getting compensated for. Like there has to be some other fucking payment that's coming through to you for that. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's 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 like I said, man. Um, food is the key to the soul. Yeah, it's the key to happiness. You know. Um, when you're full, you're happy, you know, um, you know, we, we, it's, I enjoy doing this. You know, like I said, it's the smiles of people like, oh man, we loved it. We haven't had good barbecue. That brings me happiness. You know, um, it's, if you couldn't barbecue tomorrow, what would you do? Go back into gaming, (laughs) playing video games, man. (laughs) 
the death of men. Yeah, yeah, oh man, God, man. I was, I used to be ranked number one in the world on Battlefield Four for knife kills. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People would see my name call on the server and was like, oh yeah, let's go ahead and bag out. So, you know, I, I, I got like, I shanked a lot of the developers. I got their dog tags. You know, it's, I was, I was, I was dangerous with a knife on that video game you know i just fucking 24 hours straight just like ah or just like go to bed i'm like no shut up i gotta keep my ranking you know but nah if um if i couldn't do barbecue anymore um god man i you know would you miss it yeah i would you know it's honestly like us not doing anything today i'm like man i should be barbecuing you know, I'm supposed to be, like right now I'm supposed to be literally loading up the trailer, getting ready to head out. Yeah. You know, um, when we do like, I think we got not this Saturday, next Saturday we're taking off. Um, it feels weird not working on a Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, must. Yeah. My wife was like, we need to go out. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go out. And we you look get, at each other. Get the, I get that from my girlfriend, too. Yeah. Like, well, no, my wife, she's like, you know what? Instead of us going out. Yeah. Let's just barbecue. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like, because it'll feel weird with us not barbecuing on a weekend. You know, me not staying up all fucking night running this damn shit. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I can do barbecue, man. I, I I would probably be doing something else that involves cooking. Like, yeah. I eventually do want to, you know, expand out once I get, you know, the barbecue thing down packed and can get somebody to come in that's going to cherish what I'm doing, I'm you know, that's the, the process as much as you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not even that, just have the same kind of love for it. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. I've interviewed quite a few people and I'm like, ah, no, no, it's not, it's not going to work, you know, um, because eventually I want to do, you know, I want to get into making, you know, German food. I want to open a German restaurant. You know, that's there's a cool lot so. of stuff that I want to do. Cause like I said, LA has a whole lot of nothing. You know, the nightlife is awesome. Yeah. But just far as the food industry, like it's it's so much amazing stuff, but you can see the love isn't there in the food. Yeah. You know, so and I wanna, you know, kind of bring that back. Yeah. You know, so people can go out and actually enjoy, you know, they see the bill and be like, Oh, that was worth it. You know, be like, Oh, I enjoyed this, you know, I have no issues coming back here, you know. If you were to open up a a, a German spot, mm-hmm. what would it be? Uh, it would be bigger beer garden style. Like, beer yeah, because that is that is the most enjoyment, just sitting down at a table of strangers. There's one in Atlanta called Dare, Dare I can't pronounce it, but it's called the Beer Garden. Mm-hmm. And the patio tables are beer garden style, so you just sit down with a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, they have the best um, slow-roasted pork shank. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's slightly smoked and then slow roasted over an open fire so you get the smokiness but it's like a crispy crunchy out it's so good and the special they still make their special from scratch it is so good they got so many it's actually a cool restaurant they have little um trains going around the ceiling riding around the ceilings for the kids um they have the you can buy the german boots the glass boots or yeah. the steiner steins yeah i actually got one that's really cool handmade um yeah you can buy I, those. I got one i didn't get a handmade one but i love german steins i have yeah. a few yeah i got one hand uh, my wife picked it off for me it was handmade I, I, I fucking love it dude yeah um it's heavy like the top is um i love it dude. what i forgot what they made it out of but like literally it's not you have to, or something right no it's, like, it's it's fucking heavy like you have to literally press down on it to lift that thing up so you gotta uh, protect your beer while you drink yeah it's heavy like i dropped it and i lost it because i thought i broke it yeah um but yeah like it's, it's so much other stuff i want to do eventually once i start getting you know established and 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 
getting getting everything going with the barbecue thing. Like it's so much other stuff I want to branch out and doing because at like Atlanta has a lot of interesting restaurants. Yeah. If they were to open here, they would they would do wonders. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about fucking amazing food. Yeah. It would do wonders out here. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a lot of traveling and and uh, I've talked about it on the show. One of the things that I like to do when I travel is I do these things that I call I call a bar safari. Right. So like I used to get hired. I do music videos a lot. So I used to get hired to go around. And one of the things that you would have to do is you'd have to go follow the act wherever the fuck they went. And you'd have to go do a music video while they were on tour or wherever it was. And I had, uh, this was years ago, I had my assistant at the time who was with me for like eight years, a great guy, Tony. And one of his jobs was that everywhere that we went, he was responsible for finding out from the locals, like where like the craziest dive bars, where's like the, <laughs> the local spots, give me a list. And what we did was uh, I would always book out, um, because oftentimes when you do music videos, the crews don't get paid the right kind of money. It's always budgetary, like budget shit. So I would always book out two extra days at the back end. And I'd say, you can stick around for two days when we go on a bar safari. Mm. What we tried to do was like a, a Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, when it's not fucking busy. Yeah. You know? And so the rule was we'd start in the afternoon and we'd hit as many bars and food spots as we possibly could. Uh, and you'd either have one drink per bar or something to eat per mm. bar. You know, that way you're not getting so tanked <laughs> by like... And so then we would just do these adventures. And so we'd go to the first bar. And what you do is you show up with your list and you talk to the bartender and you go, hey, I'm on this bar safari. And the bartender generally is like, okay. And I'm like, what's your list of the best bars? And if their list is better than yours, which it always is, you throw your list out. And then you just continue to go through. Mm -hmm. And what it does is you find yourself in some fucking weird ass places. But you have a blast. And you meet all these fucking really cool locals. And it's my favorite way to go to any city. It's just sort of go on one of these adventures because I fucking hate this country as far as every fucking off ramp you go to, it's the same fucking chains. Mm -hmm. Like the the harmonization, I'm not even saying that right, but like just the fucking lukewarm fucking corporate bullshit that puts its hands everywhere. So mm -hmm. it's oftentimes so goddamn hard to get out of that. And I think the best way to do that is to be hanging out with dudes like you hanging out with folks that are just in love with it yeah. and they're in this place because you sure as shit know where to fucking go when yeah. someone was to yeah. ask you here man yeah yeah oh man if you ever go to i don't know if you go to atlanta it is the oldest strip club in atlanta it's called the claremont lounge i've been oh my god i love that fucking I beer, did. Dude, beer I can did. beer can betty uh <laughs> dude i did i did a um I'm uh, bar safari through Atlanta, and I was flown down to Atlanta. Uh, long, I, I can't get too detailed on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> but I was I was flown down there to be a, a guest on one of the Farley brothers. So the guys did like something about Mary and all those dudes, mm -hmm. and so they were bringing me in as a young director, and I got to see the process. It was a lot of fucking fun. And then after we did their day of shooting, I'm like, let's go on a bar safari. So I went on a bar safari. And we went to the doorman. I forget. We were staying in some big hotel downtown. And I said to the doorman, I'm like, where can we go? It was me and my own business partner. Where can we go in Atlanta? That's wild. And he's like, I got a place. Right. And my, mind you, dude, 
this was like a crazy fucking journey for me because I woke up that morning and I was hanging out with their producer and the producer said to me, hey, you need to go make friends with their money people. And I was like, okay. And so he called me that morning. He goes, just be here at this time of day. I didn't even know I was getting on an airplane. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. So that night, I'm in Atlanta. Yeah. I had no fucking clue. So I said to the guy, where do we go? And he goes, I got a spot. So he gives us an address. And so we get in this car. I don't know where the fuck I am, right? And so I get in the car with the guy and I give it to the driver. He's like, you want to go here? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah judging by your response. Yeah, yeah I want to go here. And we go to this place and it was so fucking rugged because it's underneath like a, a, a hotel, a, abandoned hotel, mm-hmm. drops you off in a fucking parking lot yep. in the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And then you go down in the back and I don't know what was going on at this point, but they had like hung sheets or something in the back. And there was like signs, like no cameras. Mm-hmm. And dude, I walked up. I, I, I'm I'm sure I'm dramatizing this, but I remember I walk up to the fucking doors, and right before I can open the door, the doors get kicked open, and this guy gets thrown out, mm-hmm. gets his ass beat right in front of me, and there's like red light pouring out of this place, and then the bouncer goes, you know, five bucks or whatever it was to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was five dollars. Yeah, the good old club. Yeah, it's the oldest strip club and the oldest strippers in Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I think their billing that night was like fifty-year-old midget strippers mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, beer can Betty. She crushes crushes beer cans with her boobs on stage. You know, there's one I forgot her name, um, but it's m- one of my friends aunt in Atlanta. She has like her her pubic hair is like Snow White, gray, <laughs> like gray. She's that old. Um, it's it is, wild. It's a very entertaining. Like they entertain too. Like it isn't, you know, like most strip clubs where they're, you know just trying to get your money like they entertain there yeah you know they are actual dancers for their age and you're like holy shit this is amazing yeah yeah and the vibe is like most strip clubs i hate going to strip clubs just because i feel like (laughs) it's like going to a used car dealership and all the fucking car dealers coming up to you like what can i get Get you you. yeah Yeah. especially out here the strip clubs suck yeah oh my god that's if me and my wife would have known that the strip clubs here were either liquor or nudity we wouldn't have moved out here yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, uh, yeah. The, the Claremont was one of the best strip clubs I've ever been to in the yeah. country. Yeah, Atlanta has, between Atlanta and Miami, you're going to have competition at those clubs. Like, they, they literally hang from the ceiling stripping yeah. in Atlanta. You'll go in, it's like a chick's, like, completely naked hanging by her boots from you like, the fuck did I just walk yeah, into? Yeah, it's like you going know? to Vegas, but the strip clubs. Yeah. It's crazy out there. Yeah, Atlanta's amazing. Like, Atlanta has some really cool um underground clubs like uh there's one that's across it's up the street from the claremont um i forgot the name of it but you just see it's a parking lot and there's no cars but you see a door <laughs> and a pbr sign and you're like what the fuck you go in you go under the fucking parking lot what? in a tunnel and then all of a sudden it just lets out to a big ass underground bar holy shit yeah, i cannot think of the name of it uh but yeah it is fucking amazing and everything literally they really only have pbr there oh my god yeah you get fucking shit face and when you come out it's daylight you're like oh my god what the fuck happened i was just drinking under a parking lot <laughs> yeah and then there was another one uh, That's cool as fuck, man. another bar um god this was like back in the day it, when it was um it was a it was a gay bar, but it was like a lot of straight people went there. It was like an sure. after hour spot. Um man, you would go in there and the bathrooms was unisex. Yeah. So it's literally men and women in there just peeing. Yeah, like wild. the women were peeing in the trough, the yeah. men's trough, and you're like 
<laughs> the fuck is this a chick and she's just like right there squatting peeing in the trough looking at you I was like how's it going guy and i'm like what the fuck man i'm trying to pee you know but it was like um dude i have the best there's a look i know a lot of people get weird about that shit but i have the best time going to gay bars because it's the one place that some stranger will buy me a drink dude, I don't, i'm comfortable in my state like <laughs> I, i'm straight i don't care where i'm if i'm gonna have fun i'm having fun yeah, you know I'm, I'm i'm gonna go i'm gonna drink i'm gonna have fun you know it's yeah. it's if you want to buy me a drink you're cool dude yeah. let's do it yeah you yeah. know so i was just I'm not, you know, I'm comfortable. So, yeah. you know, it's Atlanta. You never know where what, literally you'll see a bar. You go in. It's like, oh, now it's advertised if they're gay or straight. Yeah. Um, but it's cooler when it's not. not it's yeah. Cooler. You just walk in. You don't know what the hell you're walking into. Right. You know, it's the whole purpose. Yeah. I remember one time when I was younger, I walked into a bar and this <laughs> like this was me being from Mississippi. I didn't know anything about, you know, gay, you know, being gay or lesbian or whatever. Sure. And I walked into the bar and I'm sitting at the bar and I'm like, why are the women dancing with the women? This was like before I knew anything about it, you know? Yeah. All I knew was my sister was a lesbian. I knew that, but I'd never had like fully been around it. This is how country I am. You know, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. back then. And I'm like, why are the women dancing with the women? You know, and I get up and I try to go dance. They both look at me and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Trying to, you know, and then it was like, read the room guy yeah, and then you're shopping at the wrong store buddy. yeah and i look around i was like oh oh so the women are over here dance with the women the men are over there dance with the men oh okay all right so all right well i'm gonna finish my drink and head on to the house because i yeah and i was young i think i was like back then i could sneak in a, like i could we had fake ids i, I was oh, 17 yeah. you know and it, i was like you know what I'm gonna go ahead and head home. Yeah, because I don't need to be out in Atlanta. Because that's when, like, I didn't know my way around Atlanta at all then. Like, I didn't know shit about Atlanta. Um, it's a crazy place, man. Yeah. Oh, the, like, back in the days, there was um, a strip. It's called, um, it was called Stewart Avenue. Okay. It was the whole stroll. Okay. It was all strip clubs. Yeah. And prostitution. Yeah. And that's when I first, I was 15 when I moved there. And I had, um, I had my license. My mom gave me a 88 Hyundai XL. And I was like, I'm just from the floor of Atlanta. And I jumped in the car and just rode around. It was like 12 o'clock at night. And she called me. She was like, hey, you need to come home. I was like, all right, cool. But um, I, I go down this strip and I'm like, oh my God, everybody's naked. What is going on? You know, me being a little country, you know, country kid. I'm like, the fuck? And there was, I remember the thing that stuck out to me the most. There was a tour bus uh-huh. it was a tour bus and there was just a lot of a line of men waiting to go into the tour bus and it was like women everywhere what yeah it was like a prostitution tour bus whoa yeah i was like what the f- like what is this this is this is amazing but this is also dangerous <laughs> yeah. you know my danger senses was going off but like i said me being from the country and never experiencing that i was just like literally like Ooh, ah, O's. And I was like, you know what? Finally, reality set in. It was like, you need to get the hell out of this yeah, neighborhood, dude. You're see. like, and the cops pulled up and like literally pulled me over. They was like, you know what? We're finna escort you out of this neighborhood because you're literally like 15, 16. You, yeah. need, you need to go home. I was like, all right, yeah, I need to go home. See, I got that thing in me where mm-hmm. I, I I like trouble sometimes. And so like, you you, you know, you're yeah. in a spot like that. And it's not like I like to go cause trouble. I just... I enjoy scenarios in which it's like, this is unpredictable. What's yeah. going to happen here? Yeah. Then you would love going to some of these, um, some of these outlaw clubs we go to yeah. on the motorcycle scene. Yeah. You never know what the fuck you're going to get. And it's, <laughs> it is, it is amazing. You know, people, people see us, you know, in the bike world and they're like, oh, they're gangs. And it's like, no, we're, you know, a lot of times we do, we do a lot of charity work. 
you sure. know. Um, well, it's not the motorcycle gangs <sighs> isn't the same thing that they were in the fucking seventies. It's not like you guys are rolling into town and raping. Rape, no, hell no, 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 no. So you know the history of motor, like one percent or more. You know, outlaw. There's a difference. Like, um, you know, you have your ninety nine percent club. Those are the just the regular sport bike enthusiasts, or you know, just regular clubs. You know, sure. Um, then you have your outlaw motorcycle clubs which is they aren't the one percenters like hell's angels mongols my club um they aren't like those the omcs they don't wear a diamond you know they just they just literally just do what they want Hmm. you know they don't they don't um there's a hierarchy in the motorcycle community you know it's it's controlled by not controlled but it's more regulated by the one percenter clubs, mm. you know, it makes sure that, you know, a lot of the bikers aren't starting clubs out here being fucking stupid, you know, yeah. um, it's weird. Like it's, it's, that's wild. So that you'll have like the one percenter sort of showing up and yeah. Like, Hey, you, you need to cut this shit out, dude. Like stop, you know, yeah, because you're bringing, you're bringing too, heat much the, yeah, yeah. too much attention. Um, yeah. just going to some of the clubs, man, it's, it's like you get shit faced man like literally and then all of a sudden you'll be drinking all of a sudden like strippers just pop out of nowhere like literally come sliding down a pole you're like oh this is what we're doing huh like we got this going on today you know or you know it's just just seeing formal like rival omcs get together and like you see them shaking hands and all of a sudden you know the issues that's been around for like 20 years they've squashed it you know and you know it's just some of the hits, some of the guys that you'll see him on their bike and you instantly, oh shit, he looks fucking scary. He has a shit ton of tattoos on his face. But just as soon as he opens his mouth and starts talking, you know, he, you can hear the softness, dude, you know, the relaxations coming out of his voice. It's a big thing, dude. When I started doing music videos, I was working and doing a lot of like hardcore music, music videos, which like it's, it's a, it's like the equivalent of gangster rap, but on the metal side. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of these guys are dangerous dudes. And on the East Coast, there was this whole like you know, you know, fuck shit up. Like they, these dudes would go around, and they were pretty violent. And so that that, that sort of uh, reputation sort of stuck with these guys. And so then I got thrust into this world because I was doing music videos for some of the larger dudes that were in it. And you look at them from the outside, and you're like, this motherfucker. Like he's face face tatted up, like everything's going on. You're like, this guy's a fucking mean dude. And then I hang out with him, and mm-hmm. he's just like, "What's up, man?" I'm yeah. like, "Cool." He's like, "You know, I listen to Madonna every once in a while." <laughs> yeah, you'd be surprised. You're like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, dude, you're you're, you're just fucking, a chill fucking, fucking guy." Yeah, I think it's just I think as dudes, and it's it's interesting because you know uh, guys really have no outlet to talk about this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and we're living in a time period right now where you know we're expected as men to be different and not be as alpha and not be and to try to understand things but then there really isn't outlets for for dudes to talk about stuff and we talk about it on the show a lot like i think at the end of the day you know we've been raised over time in history as the providers as the as the as the people that are out there hunting for things and protecting Mm -hmm. folks and and as a male you're sort of thrust into you know other wolf packs like other male packs and you're a lot of men need that a lot of men need the sort of that connection and to feel that sort of camaraderie and that brotherhood and that protection that comes with that Mm -hmm. and oftentimes you know 
I think it, through history, you've seen these these groups be violent or be manipulated by someone that is a piece of shit that's running the group. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the dudes that are in that group aren't in that group because, yeah. you know, hey, look, I'm into this to fucking, you know, sell drugs and fucking beat people up. But it's like, this is my family. I need a home. I don't have yeah, a right. fucking home. And with, with the, you know, the, the, the outlaw community, it's more, um, it's more of a lifestyle. You know, the fact that, you know, I can get on my bike and just go. I can be free. Yeah. You know, I can. I'm not. I'm not worried about the police. I'm not worried about the state troopers. You know that they're not. What, what reason would they have to pull me over? It's about I can go. My club's almost in. Like we almost have chapters almost everywhere around the U.S. Even in Puerto Rico. That's that's um, cool, man. I can go to Arizona and I can make a phone call. And I'm like, yo, where you're at? And I can go hang out with them. Or I can go to um, Colorado. You know, I can go to St. Louis. I can go to Texas. You know, I can go to Florida. Like, all along the East Coast, I can make a phone call. Like, hey, I want to come hang out. You know, I want to come to the clubhouse. And What's it like going into a spot that you don't know any of those dudes? Um, just as soon, like, if it's a part of my club, just as soon as I walk in, they see I'm, you know, I, I made a trip from California over. They're like, it's all drinks are on me, you know, and we sit down and discuss, you know, talk about, you know, why did you join this nation? You know, yeah. why did you come over here? You know, what, what possessed you? What is it that you bring to this organization that we already have? Yeah. You know, why do you feel as if, you know, you should be fully accepted? You know, I ask those questions, Yeah. you know, and the one thing that I, I don't frown upon, but I I don't acknowledge that as people are like, oh yeah, I'm here for the brotherhood. I'm like, stop lying. No, don't that's a generic fucking answer. Like, why are you really here? Yeah. You know, I'm I tell people I'm here because I can go to any one of these states and I got people there I can hang with. Yeah. You know, or, you know, if I tell them I'm on my way, I get there, you know, they're they've already cooked. You know, I'm hanging out with them, their wives, their kids. Yeah. You know, we're just relaxing, you know. Um, yeah, because you're getting the true, honest experience, experience. when you go in these places. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, we went to a clubhouse for, you know, another OMC, and I've never been there before. I've I've dealt with them back on the East, you know, and there were some racist fucks back over there. But over here, they were cool, and I was like, wow. You know, I get a whole different perception now of you guys. You know, yeah. I've dealt with your brothers back home. Yeah. They, don't, they don't even allow, to this day, you know, certain clubs don't even allow black people in their clubhouses. Yeah, because there's still that racism that's pretty mm-hmm. pretty deep, deeply rooted in how they were brought up and mm-hmm. how they come up and who they're looking up to and all that kind of shit. Yep, still going on, you know. Um, yeah, it takes some time for that shit to wash itself out. It really does. Yeah, it does. It does. Like, um, you know, people get offended. You know, you see, you'll see a lot of bikers with the SS Lightning Boats tattoos on their head. <laughs> It's, I'm like, it's not even racist anymore. It's a shock factor. Yeah. You know, they 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 put that on there so people leave them alone, you yeah. know? And then when you talk to them, they're not least bit, they're not even racist. It's funny, man. Like, years ago, and I've talked about it on the show, years ago, um, I did a documentary on gangs. And so I did a documentary on, like, the 120 gangs in Boston. You know, mm-hmm. All over the place. And, and these kids, if you're born on a certain street automatically you're inducted in the gang mm-hmm. because you're born on a certain street. And then you just, you hear these tales and these stories that come down from like their fathers or their grandfathers and the beefs that these people have. And then you, you're talking to these young kids that are growing up in modern day. They're inducted into this, this not even violence, but just sort of like this, this uh, pressure cooker of shit. Mm-hmm. And most of them are like, I don't even want to fucking, 
I don't give a do shit. Like, yeah. so my great uncle had a fight with this asshole. I don't fucking care. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I get that, man. And, and, and then it becomes like this weird sort of branding thing because you grow up seeing something as a symbol for something. And you idolize that symbol as a kid, but you don't necessarily understand why that symbol was there to begin with. So then when you're rebranding it later, you're just like, this is cool because I saw my dad wearing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like I don't hate black people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, cool that just I because I've, se- I've seen this over and over. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that there are st- still some racist motherfuckers yeah. out there. Yeah, especially in the South. Especially yeah. in the South. But, but you know, it's a, it's a weird world where you... It's all about intent, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to sort through people's intent when you meet them. Yeah, yeah. I go to anybody's clubhouse, like yeah. anybody's anybody's clubhouse. Like, you know, in this in this lifestyle, you know, um, I stepped into it because I want to go to anybody's clubhouse I want. Right. You know, right. So that's why you honestly got into it because you saw the access that you would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love I love being on my bike. I love going cross country. You know, and it feels good to be able to make a phone call and go, hey, I'm in your town. Let's hang out. Right. You know, um, like I said, I've done 14 cross-country trips in three years. Do you get shit from cops when you're doing that stuff? Oh, yeah. Sometimes we do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Um, Because cops themselves are their own fucking gang. Yeah. uh, Fucking Temecula. um, Yeah. We got a clubhouse down in Temecula. The fucking cops, like, fuck with us all the time. You know, like they they just see us with our, our our cuts on our rags, and instantly pull us over. You know, it's you know gang task force, and I'm like, yo, we do charity events. I'm like, just because there's a few knuckleheads in a group who do stupid shit, it isn't everybody. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's a lot of people that a lot of bikers have been coming together to fight against that. You know, the racial the profiling. Yeah. You know, just because you see us with these these rags on don't mean that we are out running drugs, running guns, running women. Some of us just joined this because we want that brotherhood across the country. Yeah. You know, so, you know, a lot of it's it's just so much that we have to go through as bikers. Yeah. You know, especially once you become become part of the hierarchy of the biker system. You know, yeah, it's yeah. so funny that, like I said, we have rules and regulations that transpire down, you know, to, all the way down to riding clubs. You know, we have. There are certain things, you know, that riding clubs are allowed to do, you know, or what do you mean? Like riding clubs. So a riding club is literally just a group of guys who, you know, want to wear the same patch or the same vest and ride around, you know. Um, and are these guys legit guys or are these guys like like weekend guys? These are riding like, weekend, clubs. like a yeah. guy that's like I sold a bunch of Teslas and I like to wear this jacket today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> and like, let's say 15 of them get together, yeah. you know, and want to put on a vest with a back patch on and everything, try to wear the top rocker, the state rocker. You can't do that because then it's like my club's been around since 65, uh-huh. started in 65. There's clubs. Uh, I forgot when 80 Hell's Angels was started. Uh, Pagans started before us. It's like there aren't that many clubs that started before us. Um, and a lot of guys died over this. You know, and we are to teach every generation, you know, the correct way to do stuff, you know, because then otherwise you just have a bunch of people, you know, 15, 20 guys putting colors on going around harassing folks, right. you know, and that's, you know, that's like, no, you can't do that. man. Yeah. You know, there's a right way to do stuff, right. you know, and to keep us from the heat being brought on us because y'all want to be assholes and, you know, y'all wearing the same colors, all y'all doing willies down the interstate, fuck with the police. 
yeah. you know, they may not get y'all, but they might see us and come after us because of y'all being stupid. Yeah. You know, so we have to prevent that. Yeah, that's a big thing. It's, out here, it's a big thing, too. I just saw on the fucking news, I was at the doctor's office, and I never watched the fucking local news, and it was on. And mm-hmm. I saw uh, they were, I forget what part of the state, but they were trying to uh, kibosh, like, roadblocking things. So, apparently, like, a bunch of dudes get together, and they block up the streets, and then they do burnouts. Burnouts. Sh- oh, yeah, the street takeover. Street yeah, takeover, we don't, that's it. Yeah, we don't, we don't deal with them cats. No, like, literally... Like all of our rides, if it's if it's like fifteen of us, we're organized on yeah. the interstate. You'll see us. You know, we ride side by side in the same lane. You know, we'll get in the fast lane. We'll go. We're organized. You know. Well, that's for protection too. Yeah. It, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it keeps us from you know getting hit or just the stupid shit. You know, somebody trying to get in between our packs with their car. You know, it's just we're we're well organized in everything that we do. You never see us all like. 40 of us on the interstate taking over the fucking interstate. No, we're not going to do that. We'll be in our lane all together, riding together. You know, um, like, I would love to take you to some of the biker events we go to, man. You would have a blast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you would have a blast. Like, just going to some of the clubhouses, seeing the history of these clubs. Oh, my God. You know, like, there's, there's, I went to one clubhouse this past weekend, and they had memorabilia from their original vest when they first started in, like, the early 30s and 40s. Wow. They still had the vests, like, hanging up in picture frames of their original members, you know, um... So, is it dangerous these days? Is it is it as dangerous as it, it was? Um... Not out here, more towards Midwest, because most most situations between bikers start either over liquor or woman. Right. That's where most issues start. You know, it's not even about people wearing the state rockers, you know, the bottom rockers claiming a state, you know, California or Georgia. It's not even most stuff start either over liquor or woman. Right. That's why most most dramas start off like that. Most rivalries, pretty much I'll say rivalries start over that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, certain places where, you know, there could be a small issue turns into a big issue. Um, and how, do it just you stay, how do you stay out of that shit when you're you just you're not in that area, obviously. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, I choose to talk my way out of every situation when it comes to that. You know, if a, if there if we go somewhere and there's another club that so-called has a beef with us, you know, hey, man, y'all stay on y'all side. We stay on our side. There's, there's, there's no reason both of us can't be in the same place and drink and have a good time and go about our ways. You know, I have a family I'm gonna get home to every day. Yeah. You know, so I don't want to be put into a situation where I'm going to be away from my family. I choose to talk my way out of every situation. There's no reason for either of us to, you know, harm each other. We're both in this for the love of motorcycles and the love of traveling. Yeah. You know, but there are a few knuckleheads who try to get into stuff to make a name for themselves. You know, yeah. So it's always tough, man. Like I've, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I can be a troublemaker on my own, but I've never been in a physical fight because I'm always trying to stay as smart as I can about how you're interacting. You know, when you're with somebody and you know when they're charged, mm-hmm. and you understand, and you're like, this guy's got something going on. There's yeah. something else going on here. Mm-hmm. I don't I avoid them kinds. Like I have. Yeah. Both my rotator cuffs are torn. Both my ACOs are blown. I don't fight anymore. Yo, I'm 45 years old, man. Get away from me, dude. Like, literally, like... <laughs> me too. I'm 45 yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. Like, you yeah. put your hands on me. It's, you know, you're, you're going on a t-shirt, bucko. You know, uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, your picture's going to be on a shirt with some angel wings. Don't touch me. Leave me alone. You know, I'm here to drink and go home. Like, 
you know um yeah man we've been around long enough where you're just like whatever fucking beef you have today will be gone gone mm-hmm. yeah. and most of them can't even explain what the beef's about like what are we so what do you don't like me for like what is your issue with me uh yeah yeah like it's a beef you got something to fucking bitch about right? yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like did i and i tell people i'm like if i won't have an issue with if they don't if they didn't cuss out my kid mm-hmm. say anything disrespectful to my wife or hurt my dog if you ain't did any any of those three to me, we don't have a beef. We don't have an issue. Yeah, you know, it, do something in one of those three, then it turns into a personal issue. But you, you know, you've never put your hands on my daughter. You know, you've never done anything physical to my wife, and you haven't attacked my dog. So we have no issue. Yeah, right. And those are very simplistic rules. Yeah, it's literally. I'm a very simple person. <laughs> yeah, you know, very simplistic. Those three things. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, don't be a shithead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, don't be a shithead. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, busy here in the house trying to get everything done. Uh, let's take a moment to uh, do some sponsor reads. Let's thank the men and women that make this show possible. First up, friends over at Puget Systems. If you're in the market to build a new computer, maybe an edit machine, maybe uh, you're going to build uh, uh, a music machine, uh, a, a Unreal render machine, uh, build yourself a PC. You'll save yourself time. You'll save yourself energy. Uh, and you'll be able to upgrade it, customize it, um, and you're not going to be stuck in the rule set from a giant corporation that is, you know, peddling off their hardware on you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I did the research. I found this company, Puget Systems, family-run company out of uh, the West Coast, Northern West Coast, and they are the best dudes. They build the best computers. My machines, I run super hard, consistently, all the time. I have my monster 6K editing uh computer and if you want a computer like mine write to puget systems at instagram at puget systems or uh pugetsystems.com and tell them hey man what are the specs for mike's machine ask them and uh it's a good starting point to build yours man i love it i absolutely love this computer and it's a workhorse for me and i'm, I'm running it fucking 24 hours a day this thing is running so um if you want a new Puget system, if you want a new computer, this is the place to go. They're a great resource if you're building your own machine too, man. They put up all their benchmark tests. Uh, they know the best hardware that works with the new upgrades. They're the place to go. So I know a lot of you listening to the show are people that like to build your own bikes and build your own stuff. Consider building your own computer if you need it, man. And Puget Systems is the place to go for that resource. Also supporting the show are our friends over at Fujifilm. Uh, I love Fujifilm cameras. I use them all the time. If you listen to last week's episode with Gina, my uh, my my life partner, I guess, <laughs> my girlfriend Gina, she's also a, a director and a photographer, and she's crushing it. She shot all of her beautiful stuff that she did for GQ with uh, the Fuji uh, X H2S and then uh, the Fuji uh, 100S, the... Uh, GFX 100S. Yeah, I'm thinking this off my head. I, I'm not reading scripts here, so I apologize, Fujifilm. Um, but uh, awesome place to go. In the description of this episode, I've given you guys links. These are trackable links. So if you click on those links, Fujifilm knows that I sent you, but I'm giving you links that are useful to you. And there is a refurbished link down there, which is a great place to go if you're looking for a new lens at a discounted price. And they're always changing what they have at their inventory. So definitely click the link in the description of this episode. You'll find it there. 
Um, but Fujifilm is a is the place to go for the best color profile images. If you're shooting photographs, and the best uh, color profile images if you're shooting um, video. It's really, really great, man. So if you need like a second shooter, let's say you're out there renting some new Airy camera that you really don't want to spend the money on, right? And you need another camera to do B-cam, second shot cam, inserts, Fujifilm is the way to go when you're working on large productions. I did that with the new movie, man. It's the shit. I love them. And while you're at it, you should probably look at the uh, adapters that Photo Deox makes. I've talked about this before. Without Photo Deox, I wouldn't be able to mount all my favorite old lenses, the lenses that I'm known for, the lenses that I've been using for over 15 years to newer camera bodies. With Photo Deox, it'll take Nikon mounted lenses and enable you to mount them on a Fuji cam, uh, a Fujifilm camera. Or you can do uh, PL mounts on a Fujifilm camera. That's the shit, man, because then you can get your hands on all those really great cinema PL mount lenses and be able to put those on your Fujifilm camera. So really fucking cool stuff. Photo Deox, Fujifilm, Puget Systems. I love these guys. The best companies out there for uh, anything. And I use them all the time for filmmaking. So love goes out. And if you're a newcomer to the show and you're loving this episode uh, and you want to listen to more episodes about barbecue and chefs, go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. I've curated my episodes there by subject material. So if you're just looking for the chef episodes, they're going to all be up there, man. It's the place to go. Um, so that's it, man. Let's get back to the show. Yeah, right. We're back. Um, so let's see where can we go from here like uh i think all of that stuff is pretty rad with mm-hmm. the the bike club and everything and any reasons for doing it i mean it's like why i do bar safaris man like you're, you're literally trying to go to places to meet people that are going to welcome you to that spot mm-hmm. and you know it's like being hosted which is it's, it's fucking nice man <clears throat> meeting like-minded individuals pretty much yeah. you know that loves to biker scene loves riding and going across country and just seeing the world man i tell everybody if you get a chance get your motorcycle license and just go for a ride like i've going up the one on a bike is fucking amazing like along the coast on a bike you know people are like oh well you can do it in a convertible being on a bike it's like being one with your environment the road at that point yes the fact that you know you got a literally full 360 view of everything around you you know it becomes you become one with the environment you know especially going through um we went through denver um we went up north through the mountains and the fact that you know it was summertime and there was still ice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know so we had to pull over put on our leathers our heated gear and literally just as soon as we got to the top of the mountain started coming back down it jumped up from you know 50 40 degrees up to 90 degrees you know within a five minute span it's crazy you know and then just going down the other side and just experience the scenery the sights it's amazing. I tell everybody, literally, just get your license. It's, you know, you don't have to do, like me, I'll, I'll, I'll ride 16, 17 hours 
on one trip in my bike on my bike without stopping you know well just stopping for gas it must kill your fucking body after although your bike looks really comfortable so no um i get up in the morning i take a couple of advil and i hit the road you know i actually did one trip i left here and that one run i made it all the way to jackson mississippi Holy shit. But I was stopping for a hotel. Literally, I was stopping for gas and going. You know, I had peanuts in my pocket, you know, candy bars. And I'm just like eating peanuts as I'm going. So, <laughs> you know, I made it to Jackson, Mississippi. And I would I would have made it back to Atlanta. But when I got to the Mississippi River Bridge, it was shut down. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a four-hour detour just to get to the other side. <laughs> and I was like, yo, if I didn't have that detour, I could have made it to Atlanta off of one strip. You Holy know, one shit. run. You Holy know? shit. Um, and I literally got to Jackson. I was like, you know what? I'm going to bed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going to bed, dude. Like, I'm going to kill myself point, on this you're bike. You're shaking every part of your body, right? You're mm-hmm. riding on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Well, those things are really comfortable now. You know, especially you can get get your custom seats with, you know, more cushion on them. You know, you can get the suspension, get upgraded suspension where it feels like you're riding on a Cadillac. Yeah. You know, um, the big windscreen, you know, the, the, because I got a road glide and literally it's like, literally like they call it the shark it's like a shark riding through water it just deflects the wind you know it's comfortable as hell you know um right because then you're not getting all the elements yeah you're not eating bugs and and birds and i've I've slammed into a few birds (laughs) um you know one of my buddy had a bee fly in his helmet so and he got stung in the ear and we had to pull over and he had to go home. He was like, yo, I can't. I'm going home. My ears like the size of a fucking tomato. So but yeah, being, you know, doing that's my three of my favorite thing is barbecuing, biking and whiskey. And you whiskey. Know? Yep. Mm-hmm. What's your love of whiskey? Where's that come from? Oh, man. Uh, I worked at an Irish pub years ago. OK. And just some of the the whiskeys they would have there, you know, McAllen, um, Glenn Fittish, Glenn Levitt, uh, Talisker's, um, Oban, just the level of whiskeys they had there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started trying them and realizing, you know, which whiskeys go good, you know, warm or on the rocks or with a cigar and really getting to know them. Um, like I don't do, I don't, I can't stand cognacs. I don't drink cognacs. That's yeah, I've never been trash. A, I've never been a cognac guy anyway. Yeah. I, isn't it like really, I don't remember the last time I've had it. Isn't it like sweet? Yeah. Yeah. Smoky, sweet trash. Yeah. It makes sense, man. Yeah. You're, you're a fucking dry rub guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bourbons, my wife, you know, she was, well, she, you know, born and raised in Kentucky. Uh-huh. Um, so she loves bourbons. Um, Notice the bullet bourbon barbecue sauce. I like bourbons. I'm a bourbon guy too. Yeah. Bourbons are good. Bourbons are good. You know, it's, it's now I will say that the fact that they've changed it to, um, now it doesn't have to be made in Bourbon County, Kentucky anymore to be considered a bourbon. Oh, really? Yeah, it can be. Yeah, now they're they're deregulating a lot of stuff. Now you got bourbons made in Tennessee now. There's a lot of money to be made. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Bourbon County doesn't have the hold on it, just like Tennessee whiskey now can be made any fucking where now. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I love whiskeys. Um, whiskeys are great. Once again, dude, it comes back to like I was saying earlier, man. That these things that. You know, I, I, I vividly remember as a kid going to the liquor store for the first time with my dad mm-hmm. and going into like this place that you walk through the door and it's all these dark wood tones and there are like wooden crates with stuff in them and there are all these weird looking fucking tools and it's like oh. steel and silver and like all this stuff and these shiny glasses and the, these bottles mm-hmm. that just 
it just didn't make any sense. It's like, you know, fucking going into like a wizard's lair or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I've always had this fascination with that stuff. And like, I think my favorite bars, and there's a lot of bars in New York City I love for this. I think my favorite bars are just like dark wizard chambers. Mm -hmm. You go in and these dudes are making these things, like playing with their chemists, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We went to, um, we went to a, uh, it was a risk card in Amelia Islands. They smoked their own whiskeys. Oh, cool, man. It's so fucking cool. They have the little whole little concoction and then they, they made their own like uh, fruit flavored blended whiskeys. And they had this little machine that was under glass. It's like all the whis- like all the fruit was in a jar. They dump it in there and you could see it twisting through all the little things and dripping here. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing. And then when you tried it, it was utterly fucking delicious so it's like a fruity whiskey yeah but not super fruity it was like hints it's almost like drinking um uh it's a manhattan you know how you get the little bit of little bit of the lemon twist on there a little bit of the bitters on there it's not overpowering with a little bit of cherries um is that a manhattan no old-fashioned 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 yeah yeah yeah. i love um me too but it was almost like drinking an old-fashioned without having the lemon in there or the bitters or the cherries. It was just combined in with the whiskey. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It was yeah. so good. I know. Um, I drink too many old fashions. Those, uh, my buddy's a Negroni guy. I'm an old fashioned guy more than I am a Negroni guy. Mm-hmm. I love old fashions. Um, but I say my, the best, the best in the world is actually getting a hold of some real white lightning. I've never had moonshine. Never had. I'm supposed to be going to, I'm supposed to be riding George in June. I'll bring you some. Okay. I've never had. And it is the real stuff. Like moonshine. I know it's good. Hold on. Every time I hear of moonshine, that is the real stuff. It's like, all right. So this thing is either going to run my fucking tractor. Yeah. It will. It will run. It will run a car. Yes. And I tell everybody, um, a lot of, a lot of biker events that I go to, they have like the real shit, like the real, real stuff. Like you can literally port on your bike and start your bike up. Holy shit. But it's not like it shouldn't be as rough as a lot of the trash shit is. You know, a lot of people don't move shit can make you go blind if it's not made yeah, correctly. Dude. Yeah. 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 Fucking that liver's working overtime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the best way is to light it on fire. Pour it in a spoon, light it on fire. If it burns bright, bright blue, you got some good shit. Wow. Yeah, if it burns, literally, just as soon as you light on fire, it burns bright blue. You got some good shit, man. I'm fascinated. Yeah, I'll bring you a jar. Like, you can't put regular moonshine in a plastic jug, it will melt it. <laughs> yeah, I'm fascinated. Yeah, yeah, it will fucking melt it. If somebody brings you moonshine in a plastic jug, just no. <laughs> no, because that's trash. You know, moonshine will melt a plastic jug. It has to be in a glass jug. And all the shit that we get is like in glass bottles, and it's literally one sip and you're done. You won't drink no more of it. So you, so you must like this shit because this was the family thing, right? You guys yeah. were Yeah, yeah, my grandfather made it. And then like I said, I got friends now in the club that makes it and it is some of the best. And it's not that bullshit, you know, like they sell to the store that jar with the pickles and all that bullshit. <laughs> no, this is like clear. If you shake it up, here's another thing, like moonshine, shake it up. If the bubbles immediately disperse, good. If the bubbles stay, throw it away. Why? Because that means it's not it's not filtered correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah, you like literally shake it up, and the bu- bubbles should just disappear. Like literally, it, it'd be bubbles, and then all of a sudden they just all pop at the same time. But if it's if it keeps like a foamy looking thing, throw it away. Throw it away. Wild. Yeah, moonshine. Yeah, yeah. But real moonshine, you're gonna do like one sip of it. 
you're not going to drink anymore because you're going to be buzzed. Like, I, don't, I don't I don't know the process of how to make moonshine. I don't know how like it's it's a hell of a process depending on your views and corn mash or um potatoes like you can use do, you do whatever it's just the distilling process and how many times you distill it right so you're filtering everything out you're running <clears throat> it through yeah you're running it through like a bunch of my friends got this shit down i don't do it because i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do it no i do enough um <laughs> i'll let y'all make it and i'll just buy it buy it from you you know <laughs> um but yeah i get it sh- shipped out here from you know north south carolina different events like club brothers i'm like yo i need like four gallons of moonshine ship it to me they'll ship it to me it's so wild. Yeah, and that shit is, it is a party starter. <laughs> okay, so does it taste good or is it just like a smooth? Okay, it's smooth. I, like you get a, you get a, you get a bite at the beginning, and yeah. then it just goes down smooth, and then all of a sudden, like within fifteen minutes, you're like, holy shit! Like you're in a fucking DeLorean and you're going. Yeah, time. you're like, I got a buzz, dude. <laughs> and I've heard the funniest, funniest shit, man. My wife. So we went to a party in Sumter, Sumter, South Carolina. Uh-huh. I had I was drinking moonshine. And me and my club brother, we were on our way back to our hotel. I was like, yo, I'm I'm getting drunk. We need to go. So we get back to our hotel room and my wife calls me just to tell me goodnight. And I wind up cussing her out. <laughs> and the next day I wake up, I call her, I'm like, hey babe. So she's like, Oh, so now now you're happy. And I was like, What are you talking about? She's like, You don't remember cussing me out? I was like, No. She was like, what the fuck were you drinking? I was like, I drank moonshine. She was like, oh, because she called me to say goodnight. And I'm like, and literally she said, I answered the phone. I was like, bitch, why are you bothering me? I was like, what the fuck? That's that moonshine voice. Oh, my God. Yeah. She was like, do you not remember cussing me out? I was like, uh, no, I don't. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> oh, but it is. Moonshine is a really good party thing like i said like wild literally man. not even a shot like literally i'll say half of a shot and you're good and, to go yeah you're good to go you're relaxed like if you have to drink a shit ton of moonshine it's trash yeah you know one shot should be like literally or just drink out the glass put the lid on it put it back in the fridge the consequences of that shit like, uh, no if you if you're if you if you regulate it you're you're fine like you'll get a quick buzz almost like a really good euphoria off of it you know a good high off of it and you're good to go. You'll okay. be chilled. You'll watch TV. You just all of a sudden you'll wake up. It's like the next day. Like, the fuck? I slept on the couch. <laughs> that was really good rest, you know. Um, but trying to down a whole bottle of it, just go ahead and just call the cops. Yeah, just, dude, come on. Yeah, like I just drank a whole bottle of moonshine. So just come on over here and get me and put me in handcuffs, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can get real, real, real moonshine. That's cool, man. Yeah, very cool. So, so do you get nerdy? Uh, do you get nerdy about whiskey stuff? Do you like to go out and get good whiskey? Or you yes, just, yes, yeah. yes. I'm I, I'm I'm tempted to start going into the um, Japanese whiskeys. I've been hearing good, really good reviews about those. Um, I'm scared something's going to top my Macallan, and I'm going to leave that alone. That's my biggest fear because I love Macallans. Like, um, I got a 25 year at home, um, 15. I got a 12. Um, I want the Macallan M. Uh-huh. You know, that thing's like four grand. I just want to have it because the box uh-huh. and the bottle is just amazing. I want to get that. Like, I'm trying to hint my wife and daughter, like, that's what I want for Christmas. <laughs> um, you know, but I want to get more into the Japanese whiskeys because I heard also that the flavor profile from cooking with those is amazing, too. There's a cool bar that I went to downtown a couple of months ago. I forget the name of it, but it's upstairs. They have all like sort of taxidermy. 
and the whole the, it's a chill bar it's not like a hipster bar and the whole wall is just fucking whiskeys like any and every whiskey that For you real? can ever fucking want i have to remember the name of the place everything that's it's there and they had really good uh, japanese whiskeys and i've i've been through them it's a lot of like rice base i think right? mm-hmm. yeah 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 we're all rice based uh i know some of them i've seen the flavor profile it's like coffee and all that stuff and i'm like oh that'd be interesting to try i wouldn't mind trying it like it's i just wouldn't i i don't know i guess maybe expand out of the Macallan. you know the you scotches you never yeah i am nervous? fuck yeah yeah because i know I, i'll fuck around and like it and be like oh Macallan's. Well, why is that a bad thing because I've, I've, McAllen's been my friend for like years. Yeah, well, so it doesn't mean you can't have another friend. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, that's that's true though. But but it's like a marriage. Yeah, I get yeah, it. I get my, it I my get wife it. is not going to allow me to have you know another female friend. Like, yeah. oh yeah, honey, I'm going over to hang out with her. <laughs> I can see the look on her face now. No, no, no. But yeah, I'm a, I'm eventually you know expand out into it because like I said, I heard really good thing about cooking with it. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know, you get some awesome flavors out of it. So. Um, for sure and that's the exciting part man like you find these new tools right you find these new these new avenues and then you can make something that's exciting again and start to get bored you know mm-hmm. yeah because i've been you know um trying i've been expanding out you know with my barbecue i do a shit ton more sandwiches now that you know people are like i have a following based off my sandwiches oh since the last time you came i think i actually make my own pastrami now fucking love dude i was just gonna bring that up one of my favorite places for barbecues new york city right now and because of the weird sort of mix of cultures that are there Mm -hmm. which is interesting and then i feel like a lot of that pastrami fucking like beef ribs and all that shit came out of the 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 jewish culture yeah it did it did i've i've been get i've want to get into doing my own my pastrami beef ribs doing that but right now i'm still perfecting my pastrami but i actually had um, it's a go, process, right? Because it's like oh fucking God. ten days or something. Fifteen shit, days. Right? Fifteen days. Fifteen days of browning it. Yes. Um, like, and it's not like the. I'm. I'm. I'm finna. A lot of people are gonna be really upset about this, but it's not like the. This is in quotes the pastrami that you get from a lot of delis. It's not. It's not. It's. It's almost like the boar's head pastrami. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're getting? They slice it thin. They fry it. Mm-hmm. And my pastrami, I do brisket. You know, I actually yeah. brine the brisket. You know, a lot of people use beef clod. You can use that too. It has the same texture as brisket when you brine it. Nice. Um, using beef clod. Um, it's a cheaper cut of meat. Um, you can get more bang for your buck out of that. But I do real pastrami. I slice it thin with a knife. It isn't coming out of a Ziploc bag. Oh, it sounds awesome, you know? man. Yeah, I make my own. Um, what is it? It's, we call it the Noho Reuben because... We we started that at Lawless, which is in North Hollywood, and guy was like, "Oh, you ought to call it the Noho Reuben." So it's rye bread, pastrami, uh, grilled sauerkraut, and instead of Swiss cheese, I actually make pimento cheese, and I throw it on a griddle. I let it get a crust on there. I put the bread on there and let it stick to the bread. And instead of rushing dressing, I actually um, I made a dressing myself. We call it Georgia sauce mm-hmm. that we put on there. And that's been a hit. People love it. Like, we have a following for the pastrami. They're like, are you doing it this weekend? Um, then my shortstop, which is Texas toast, pulled pork, fried mac and cheese, and coleslaw. God damn, dude. Yeah. And then we have another one. We're trying to think of a name of it, name for it, um, but it's a tri-tip sandwich. It's ciabatta bread. It's arugula salad, tri-tip. I make a spicy horseradish aioli. Mm-hmm. that go on there and then caramelized onions 
I fucking think sandwiches are the most perfect fucking meal. And I consistent. I do. I should have you on one of our loves because I do a segment of this show called Love Sandwiches, which I, I think a sandwich. And I say, I, I don't know if you feel this way. There's a lot of my friends that know that I cook mm-hmm. and they know that I'm a good cook and they always are intimidated to make me food. There's this thing where that's like, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough. And I'm like, make me a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. sandwich. I'm happy. Yeah, and I'm happy. Like, if you're physically going through the process of just making me something, and if I'm there with you and you're comfortable while you do it, it tastes so fucking good, man. Mm -hmm. And sandwiches are just like such a perfect combination of flavors in something that you can pick up Mm -hmm. and bite into. And the storytelling that happens in that bite, sandwiches are like the perfect fucking food. Yeah, they are. They are like, my Cuban sandwich is amazing. What do you do? People love my Cuban sandwich. So I smoke my pork instead of doing the roasted, instead of doing the, um, um, uh, instead of. Um, How do they normally do it? Do they they slow, slow cooker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, slow cooker with um, the little green peppers. I forgot what they're called, but they do that. But I smoke my pork and then do more of a pulled pork style on there. Oh, that's cool um, shit. Yeah. Because the texture's really nice when you bite into it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And we did that. I did, um. Cuban sandwiches for a catering event and like literally they were gone in like 20 minutes. People was like, do you have more of these? I'm like, fuck no. Like you ordered 40 of them. I made 45 <laughs> and now you want more. I'm, no, I can't. No, Sorry. Anyway. I, yeah. I showed up with a certain amount of crack and you got all of it today. <laughs> you got all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all you get, man. You know, I want to, I want to start doing it actually, um, actually a relaxed sandwich shop because certain sandwiches they put way too much shit on it yeah yeah you know, i just want a decent sandwich you know that if the ingredients are good then you don't need a lot of you shit. don't need all of that like i'm not going to name this place but i went to one place and it was the it was like the crave it was like oh you gotta have this i went there and i was like i took one bite and i was like this is trash yeah because it's just so monstrous there's so much shit on there it's too many distracting flavors. The sauces was all over the place. Um, I was like, that sucks, man. I was really expecting it to be really good, but all they're doing is the wow factor because there's so much shit on there, but it's not good. Dude, I, one of my favorite things to make are uh, breakfast sandwiches. By far one of my favorite things. And I think they're, they're so magical because you're normally making them, you've been out drinking all night, but maybe get some guests by, right? And if you drag your ass up early, Everybody's going to love it, right? Mm-hmm. And everything that you're prepping, everything that you're making starts to smell. The kitchen smells really nice. And even if it's just the simplest fucking thing, if you've got like sliced ham or you do like a ham steak, you fucking hit that on the on the grill real quick with some oil, get it nice and warm and greasy, throw it down. And I'll do like um, over easy crispy eggs. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do, uh, I love mustard on like a Dijon mustard on a fucking breakfast sandwich. It is, it is good, especially ham. Especially oh, Sam. So goddamn good. And with eggs and the combo of mustard and eggs for me, it's like you get that deviled eggs vibe going with it. And well, we're doing we're doing barbecue brunches now. Fucking hey, man. Yeah. Like we I incorporated barbecue in the brunch. Um I love that shit. Especially when you got leftovers and you make like a hash or something out mm-hmm. of leftover barbecue. Yeah, that's that's we're doing it, you know. Um it's most and then Lawless, they got their uh wine license, so they're doing beer mosas. 
<laughs> fucking delicious. Like I told him, if you bottle this, I will I will buy you out. <laughs> it's literally beer with orange juice. They do a sour beer with orange juice. It is fucking amazing. I I literally I think one day I had like eight of them. I don't normally drink when I go to the, the breweries because I know I start drinking. I'm gonna get sleepy. I want to go home. Yeah, because you've been up for fucking ten hours. Dude, I I went through like eight of them. My wife's like, you need to stop. I'm like, no, they're good. They're fucking delicious. Keeping me awake. Yes, they're keeping me awake and they're getting me drunk in the process. Um, That's cool, man. But yeah, we do. I do like um, old fashioned omelets. If you've been to Waffle House, um, you know, they take the egg, they spread it out on the grill. Mm -hmm. And then instead of like the thick, fluffy omelet, it's literally everything's folded on top of each other. So I do with your choice of meat in there. The pastrami one sells a lot. So I do like fresh grilled vegetables with pastrami and then. God damn it. Cheap cheese. I love cheap American cheese. Yo, that, that cheese pool is the oh, best. Oh, dude, once you do the cheap cheese on any oh, kind of egg sandwich, it it's takes a fucking, it starts to change everything. Even if you're doing it on fucking hamburgers. Like uh-huh. Even if I do a, uh, like a, like a, uh, like a pepper cheese or something, like a pepper jack, I even still, still throw a slice of fucking American. Mm-hmm. That cheap cheese, it gives it the flavor. Yeah. Like it, I do. The consistency too, the way it fucking, fucking mixes, mixes with the meat mm-hmm. in your mouth. It is amazing. I actually, instead of sausage gravy, I actually make a brisket gravy. So I do briskets and gravy. Mm-hmm. So I make a, I do, I make yeast biscuits. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I do slices of brisket on there and then and I replaced a sausage with chopped brisket in the white gravy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then I do a lightly smoked um, garlic potatoes. So they're lightly smoked and then flash fried. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm, you know, people, you're out of control. <laughs> I have fun doing it because, you know, if I don't have fun doing it, that means I'm not, you know, I don't need to do it. Like I enjoy doing everything. Like I said, I, um, what was it? I make my own. I make my own pasta now. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I hand roll my own pasta. Um, I do a smoked short rib ravioli with a Fuck. smoked tomato cream sauce. Um, God, man, the fish. Uh, the my biggest seller with smoked the smoked fish. I did a lightly smoked and blackened halibut um, with a smoked plebano pepper cream sauce. God damn it! Yeah, I have fun with this smoking shit, man. Like, it's just the picking the right wood to complement the fish. Yeah. You know, that doesn't overpower it. That gives it that right little hint of, you know, the, the smoky but sweetness, you know. See, I, there's, there's a sense of envy that I have here because you spend so much time with this stuff. Like, if I sit down to smoke something, I haven't done it in, like, you know, oh. two or three months. So, like... I'm starting back at square one every fucking time. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, the idea that you're consistently playing with these toys and playing with the tools and having that time to be able to adjust and to say, like, this goes better with fish. and This is going to go better when I put this in the fucking cream sauce. This, Like, that level of nerdiness gets me fucking excited. Like, it's, it's fun to me. Yeah. Like I said, if I can't have fun doing this, ain't no point in me doing it. Dude. But you that's know? why I, I respect what you do, man. Because I, I love the fact that you're so in love with this shit, that you're out there making those combinations happen, that you're out there putting those things together, man. Like, I haven't been to your spot in a while. I'm going to be eating at your place all the time. You're going to get texts from me going like, where are you at right now? Yeah, and <laughs> like I said, I'm always, always doing stuff. Like, especially now, once summertime roll around, I know everybody's not going to want to have heavy barbecue during the day. Yeah. So right now, I'm trying to figure out a way to incorporate barbecue to make it lighter. 
during the lunch rush, you know, the lunch time. That way you can come out and get your barbecue, but it's not so heavy. What are you thinking? I'm thinking more more barbecue salads or, you know, more more lighter meats. Yeah. Um, especially, like I said, more fish dishes um, or going back into because I make my own sausages. Yeah. So it's a couple of sausages I'm working on. Um, sausages are tricky, right? Because you don't want to. <clears throat> they're very easy. I think when people get fucking fancy with their sausages, it's like there's not enough. There's not a fat content in this fact to be a sausage. That's, that's right? me. I'm working on a. What are you doing? A tamale sausage. What is to this? Get to, so you get the taste of tamales with the, um, the masa flour and all that, but more in the sausage. Wow. Yeah, it's... Um, What's the uh, meat in those? It's literally, it's going to be pork and beef nice. in that one. Um, then I'm also working on a um, bulgogi sausage. Oh, so the yeah. flavors of bulgogi, you get it in a sausage. That's amazing. Yeah, so it's... I'm trying to have, like I said, have fun with this. Sausages are the perfect, like... When it's super hot out, you you want meat, but you don't want heavy meat. Hey, nice sausage. Exactly. I love fucking sausage. Mm-hmm. Sausage will be the death of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like when it comes to sausage, when it comes to making sausage, the initial set is what you want to do. You like get it, that initial set. Like you have to let it hang for a day. Mm-hmm. Then that way all the flavors mix. And then you want to do a, a very light smoke. Like at 125, you barely want to have a fire. You know, you want to get that. That sets the bonding process for the meat. I see. And then let it rest again. That's because most of the sausage you see at grocery stores where it has that nice little bond in there, they they cook it at a really low temp to get it to bond. You don't want to do hot and heavy. That's going to just make it crumble. You're going to be getting chorizo then. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're going to get a crumbly sausage. You want, to, you want to set that bond in there by running a low temp to get it to bond. Let it rest again, and then smoke it the next day. It's making sausage should be a three day process. Yeah, I, I started to learn how to do that stuff. Like uh, where I would smoke the day before. I don't do three day, but I'd smoke the day before, and then you just put it in cold ice water so it like gets firm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then the you know the next day I'd either just toss it on the grill or something. Now with that, if you're going to do that, I would do more of an emulsified sausage, like almost like um, hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, that I would do that technique with, like I said, more emulsified sausage because it's thicker, so it'll take more time for the coldness to soak through it. Mm. Instead of the regular, just you know, ground the regular ground sausage, go with would more of just, emulsified. So then, if you do the regular ground sausage, you're just hanging it or whatever, and you're yeah, like a cool hang, that way. Mm-hmm, just hang it overnight. Literally, you can literally just put a towel down and just hang it in your house. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even worry. People are like, oh, what about the flies? Blah, blah, blah. Yo, it's just, just, just hang it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as they aren't mating on there and, you know, it's no, the temperature control is not going to, but just hang them. Let them hang overnight. That gets, that, that helps them bond. That helps the skin tighten up, dry you out. Get that some. snappy, that snappy skin. Yeah. That's because <clears throat> when I started smoking sausages and I didn't let them rest. You're not getting that snappy. Yeah, yeah, no, you're not. You're not. Yeah, letting them rest helps with that little crunch. Yeah, um, that's cool. Man. Like I, emo- like I'm. I also do hot dogs. You know, oh, I make hot. Yeah, I make hot dogs. Um, I am working on. I cannot get this sausage out here, and I'm so pissed. So back home, mm-hmm. they have. Um, like out here, that everybody knows the te- Texas hot links. Yes. Yeah, they're more beef, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But back home, we have, they're called pink hot links. They're pink. I've heard, I think I've had these. Yes. They're so fucking good. Yes. They're spicy. They're. What makes them pink? What is the pink? They die them. When they're boiled, when, when, when they're um, 
when they're when they um god i forgot what the term is but when they're letting them rest in the water they have dye in there that makes them pink yeah, yeah, yeah. just to get that color <laughs> but they are virtually impossible to get out here i've been trying to get them out here because i know if i get them out here they're gonna fucking sell yeah 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 because they they they're they they have that little that really good snap when you bite into it the flavor profile is amazing and I've literally, I've been calling all my friends like, yo, I need you to send me some of these ASAP. Like, get them out to me. Makes sense. You got that German wife, man. You get that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, mix. Yeah. That's a fascinating. I mean, dude, it's the fucking trifecta there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It, there's one. Oh, actually, yes, there's one German place we was talking about. It. It's um, shit. They mostly sell sausages. I can't think of the damn name of it. It's off a of large month. No, not large month. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but they. What part of is it? Um. Uh, God damn it, I can't think of the name. It's over by where it's on the same street that um what is that barbecue spot? Mm. The uh the black guy uh Oh, is it down in like Hollywood? No. No, no, no. It's um I don't know. Yeah. That area that's like a big Jewish community right there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's up yeah. the street from Bledsoe's. Okay. Yeah, it's like right there on the right. It's a small little restaurant. I think there's like a vegan sandwich shop right across the street from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, their sausages are amazing. The, okay. wild, the wild boar is amazing. Oh, cool. Um, they have one with uh, Emmentaler cheese. It's too potent. They need to reduce the Emmentaler in there because it's fucking potent. But yeah. their sausage selection is amazing. Oh, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I love, love it. I mean... Have you ever done uh, European trips? Have you ever been to Italy or anything? No, no, no. I I want to. Um, you should go, man. Go to like go to Tuscany, man. I want to. I want to bad. I think once our daughter like goes off to college, we'll probably start doing a lot more you traveling. Should do some Tuscany, man. You go over there and you have like. Uh, I remember I had uh, a porchetta. I thought about making that. I thought about doing that. Holy fuck, dude! And we walked into it was like, where were we? It was like Cortona or something, and it's like. It's like one of those like walled in cities from like Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all walled in and you go up and there was this, it was early in the morning and this guy had this butcher shop and my dad and I, you know, that's the whole, we, when we stayed in Cortona, we actually rented a villa that had a kitchen, like an industry kitchen in it. Cause all we did was go buy stuff and cook. Mm-hmm. That's all we wanted to do there. Cause like the ingredients alone. It's like, fuck, like you've never had a fucking pepper until you go somewhere in Europe and have like a pepper. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's such like, fuck. So we went into this meat shop and uh, we thought we were just going to get some like sliced prosciutto or sliced meats. And this guy pulls out this, he was working, he pulls out this tray that's covered with foil. And I was like, what the fuck is in here, man? He goes, oh, it's a porchetta. And he unveils this thing that was beautiful, like beautiful layers of like uh, pork skin and and uh, like the inside, like the tenderloin inside, and it was so simply done with like rosemary and garlic, mm-hmm. just simplistic, and it fucking fell apart. It was just so goddamn good, and I've never had one like. I that. thought about doing that. I thought about doing that, and I want to do it like the traditional, where actually, you know. I, I pu- remove the bones. I butcher the bones out and actually roll it myself and do Fuck everything. I really yeah. want I really want to do that because I've seen it done with pork belly. But pork belly, if you get pork belly, it's like maybe a foot wide and like damn near two feet long. Yeah. But if you actually do the whole side, then you have a nice whole long. chunk. Yeah. You know, the trim down the fat off one side so you can roll it and make sure because the thing is. With that, you only have that crispy pork skin around that one area. The rest of it's been trimmed off because, you know, 
pork skin if it's not crispy is fucking tough as fuck. It's, it's like, yeah, why are you gonna eat it? Yeah. So, but I've 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 been thinking about doing that. I just can't figure out what day I want to do it on. Yeah, I when I had it there, they traditionally do it with like a hard crust bread, and it's like very simplistic, and they do that. I, do, I I'm a big fan of ciabattas. I think mm. ciabatta is better than hard crust. crust yeah, yeah. I, li- I honestly I like them both. I like breads. Yeah, I like breads. Well, I like Italian breads, um, especially is, with cheese. This is place out here that does uh, a bread that I really love. Uh, there's a there's a coffee shop that serves sandwiches. It's called. Uh, Oh my god! Fucking brain just stopped. Not harvest, but they get their breads from a place downtown, and it's like this, like it's like a ciabatta. It's very crispy on the outside and very like soft and squishy on the inside, and they make mm-hmm. and it's like a it's a wider bread, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the best fucking sandwich bread. Is it almost like mountain bread, or or what they call it shepherd's bread? Yeah, Is it similar to that? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. There's um, there's and Santa, if you like cheeses, like I love cheese. Me too. That um, there's a place in Santa Monica that has, I think, like over fifty different cheeses. Ugh. Like it is, it's oh my god, they got, they actually have a selection of truffle cheeses. Ugh. Um, What's your favorite cheese? Oh my god, the black truffle, the black, the black truffle, um, the black truffle brie. Mm-hmm. Is it brie? I think it's brie. And then they have a beeswax cheddar. Fuck you. Oh my God. It's, it's, oh, yeah. Every time we go there, me and my wife, she's like, So, what are we going to do? I'm like, Yeah, we're just going to order like three charcuterie boards. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't care how much they are. I just want charcuterie boards. Yeah. It is amazing. And then they do like um, fried pizza dough puffs uh-huh. on there. Um, I think it's like they actually got the um, honey with the beeswax in there. Like, it is that cheese. I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. I love charcuterie boards. Yeah, we can do a whole episode. Of charcuterie <laughs> boards. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> dude, and, and like the pro, like the the slow dried meats and the fucking salamis and the fucking Fuck like god damn it. What's funny? My basement, I can do dried meats in my basement because it's so dry. God, damn. but it's constant. The, the 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 temperature has been constant regardless of how hot it is outside. I go in my basement; it's cold as fuck down there. Fact that you have a basement in California. Yeah, it's well, it's like one of them <laughs> shitty partial basements or whatever. But yeah, it's it's it is literally. I'm like, yo, I can I can hang a lot of meats down here, and I just got to get rid of all the fucking spiders. Why does California have so many goddamn spiders, dude? I don't know. I don't know. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, I'd have to get rid of all the spiders and like enclose it in. But the constant temperature down there makes it great for curing meats down there in the basement, dude. I, I have such a weakness for like different types of salamis and. Mm-hmm. I have a weakness for that stuff. Salamis, capicolas, all yeah, mm-hmm. especially a good hot ham cappy. It's oh, so good. It's that Italian to me. It's a weakness. I actually just now got into mortadellas. Oh yeah. I just now because I used to see the like the little olive. Oh, it's that olives or whatever the little whiteness that's in there. I used oh, to the little fat spots. Yeah, I used to be freaked out by that, and then I just now started having it. I was like, oh, this is actually. Really it's good. like it's what bologna supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love boar's head bologna. Dude. Holy shit. Me and my daughter would go through a whole fucking like big ass thing by ourselves in like a week. There are those guys that, it's all internet bullshit, but there are those guys that smoke bologna, right? So they get the bologna and they do that bullshit. Look at the look. The audience that cannot see. Oh my God. <laughs> what do you think of this internet porn bullshit? The, uh, the food porn scene where people are just making stupid shit and loading up sandwiches. And I saw a stupid motherfucker take a, 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 a roast 
and stuff it inside of a brisket. <laughs> a ribeye roast and stuff it inside of a brisket. I, and literally, I commented on the post. I, I don't normally do shit. I said, this is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you? To trigger you, bro. Yeah, it triggered the shit out of me, too. It did. I was like, I can't stand this. Like, I hate you. And I literally, I was like, you know what? I, I blocked it on Facebook. I don't never see any more videos. I was like, I don't want to see this guy no more. Because <laughs> it triggered the shit out of me. I was, I was like, the fuck. Yeah. It, I mean, I've talked to folks. I've had, I've had influencers on the show. The amount of waste. Those guys will spend so much time and energy just to get likes. And they get paid for that shit. Mm-hmm. So... They'll they'll buy all this food in the waste because they they don't eat all. They're not going to eat the fucking tower of mac and cheese stuffed Mm -mm. fucking bullshit. They throw it out. Yeah, they throw it out, and I'm just like, oh, you suck, dude. You're not even making it for people. Mm -mm. You're just making it for likes. Now I did see something that I do want to do one time. It sounds fucking stupid, but it was a god. What what all was it? It was like a turkey. Stuffed inside of a pig. Yes. Stuffed inside of a cow. Yes. Yo, I want to do that shit so I've had bad. something. Like, they call them like turduckins. I've had Turdu- the, like, the turkey duck things. Yeah. And they just basically, they're boning it. And they're essentially doing like a porchetta, right? Mm-hmm. They're just sort of rolling them rolling all together. It and rolling it, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, look, it's cool. Yeah, but it's I want to cool. do it to like actually eat it to see how would it taste yeah as long as you get the flavors right yeah as long as you're not like there hits this point where it's you know where i feel like we've hit as, as a culture where they're like uh you know give me the uh filet mignon with the lobster tail on top and then cheese on and you're like look each one of these things on its own should be fucking enough, enough. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah we we are have become that society where it's like i want that 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 and that to make it so big and it's like are you even tasting it yeah, now, but you like you shouldn't be drowning lobster and all these seasonings and butter. You should be getting just the saltiness from the ocean. And it's just the lobster. The lobster has that sweetness. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the only things that tastes like that. Yes, that's uh, the as long as you're getting cold water lobster. Yeah, you're not exactly, getting that exactly. chewy ass warm water lobster <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> exactly. You, have you ever tried Brazilian lobster tails? No. Oh my God, Huntington Meats has them. If you ever go over there, try that Brazilian. Oh my god, it is so fucking good. What is what is the deal? It is I don't I don't know because I thought I was like, oh Brazil, that should be warmer waters, right? It was like eating butter. Really? Yes. Yes. Wild. Yes. Because it was like, uh, no, it's not Huntington Meats that has it. It's another butcher shop in Pasadena that had them. Um and the guy was like, I was like, shit, they have the little shitty, you know, lobster tails. And I was like, what are those? He's like, oh, those are Brazilian lobster tails. And I think for one tell we paid like sixty nine dollars for it. Oh, yeah, it wow. was yeah, and I was like, this better be good. He was like, trust me, it'll change your life. And we got it home, and then um, I lightly smoked it with a little bit of garlic and butter on there, like wrapped it in foil, slightly steamed it with um, I did a, uh, I did a uh, a pinot grigio in there, so it's <laughs> literally just you know lightly cooked it. Of course, you're not getting it off the shelf. Yeah. You're, you're you're adding all the <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was it was yeah. it was. Like eating butter. Like we took our our spoon and cut Just the lobster cut right tail. Through. Yeah, I was like, I've never had a lobster tail like this. It was so fucking good. Yeah, Brazilian <laughs> lobster tails. Looking them up, they're, they're they're worth every penny of it. This is torture. Yeah, it, it it's. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Like I'm sitting here thinking, like when I leave here, I'm going grocery shopping. I'm cooking tonight. Like yeah, what, what I'm do just I want to let cook the tonight? audience know because everybody that's listening to this episode has been drooling, has been like you know, and 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 so many folks are afraid to learn to cook. Learn. It's it's easy. My wife can't cook for shit. 
Yeah. I gave up on her trying to teach her. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I let her handle the medical shit. She can, she can, yeah, she handles the medical stuff. Yeah. Just, just stay over there. You know, <laughs> I'll do the cooking. You know, I can, I, I can, res, like, I can do almost any type of food. Yeah. You know, my tamales. I actually, uh, two of my friends back in Atlanta, Puerto Rican and Colombian, they had my tamales. They were doubting me. They was like, oh, this is probably going to be trash, blah, 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 blah. You know, she's from Colombia. They normally wrap it in banana leaves. Yeah. And nope, I did traditional. Um, I did a red pork tamale. Um, and then I did a smoked brisket tamale. Oh, son of a bitch. And she was, she literally, she was like, holy shit. She was like, this is actually correct. She was like, it's correct. And so instead of using lard, I, I do my own, um, beef tallow. I use beef tallow instead of lard. Uh-huh. And a lot of people use water. I just use chicken stock to make the masa, add more flavor to it. You know what I've always wanted to do, which <laughs> take it and run with it is, uh, uh, barbecue dumplings. So like, you know, when you go and you get like Peking raviolis or you get like, mm-hmm. if you did all sorts of different styles of dumplings because it's the same shit. It's like you can still, you're, you're cooking the meat, the meat is soft. And if you did like a Carolina style fucking dip dumpling, oh, that's that a pretty good idea. Fucking the shit. You know what I mean? You did like a little brisket dumpling. Mm-hmm. And you just got them just the same way. Same deal. You get them in like a little Chinese container. Ch- yeah. little takeaway with the sauce. Hmm. Because dumplings, dumplings are pretty easy to make. Yeah, they are. It's just getting them getting them to seal. That's the, I mean, doing the little whole pinchy thing to make them look yeah, like dumplings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm, that wouldn't be too hard to do. Yeah. And then you got a little, little takeaway. You talk about like a, like a, like a summer snack. It's almost like a sausage at that point. You know what? Yeah. Because like I said, summertime is going to be hot as shit. You do like little Chinese takeaway dumpling containers. Yeah. Because I know shit. we did nachos last weekend. Smoked, smoked nachos. I did a white, um, a smoked white queso cheese. <laughs> yeah. With your choice of meat on there. Yeah, being friends with you just means I'm going to get fat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because I love, I love experimenting. You know, it's, it's. <laughs> it's it's amazing like because you could do so much stuff with food you know yeah, and you know like just honestly i will say this the barbecue scene out here it's there are a few places i haven't had a try yet but the fact that people are doing you know traditional american barbecue and and and, and bringing over their asian influence into it like i saw there's one guy in long beach he does like a um he does barbecue, but he infused Vietnamese flavors into it. I, I've been trying to find, I've been, I've been seeing him, well, seeing him, but I saw him like on TV and I was like, oh, I want to find out where his spot is. Um, but I haven't been able to find him, find him again. I was like, oh, that sucks. Um, it was this place, I did a bar safari in Chicago. Great fucking place to do a bar safari. I don't know, I might've told this story on the show, but my brother and I went out to this spot that was a speakeasy and it was essentially uh, a place called liquor store and my brother's a firefighter and so we're driving out in the, the boroughs of chicago pretty violent chicago's a pretty violent mm-hmm. place so we're we're driving out into the boroughs and he's like where the fuck are we going i go relax we're gonna go to this we're gonna go to the speakeasy and so we go to the spot that was literally a liquor store you walk inside it's all like selling booze and there's this I think she was an old Korean lady behind the counter, and she walks in and she starts yelling at us. And she's like, "IDs, IDs," and she's asking for our IDs. And we're like, "Okay." 
So take out her IDs. And then she goes, are you here for the barbecue? And I, of course, go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for the barbecue. And she goes, okay. She pushes a button, and one of the freezer doors opens. And we sort of walk through this freezer door. And we go into this back, and it's, it's pretty empty. It's a dark bar. And there's this beautiful woman behind the bar who looks like she's from, like, Brooklyn. And it turns out she was. And she comes in, and she's like, what are you two doing here? And I'm like, I'm here for the barbecue. And she goes, no, you're not. I go, yeah, yeah, I am. And she goes, I know you're not here for the barbecue, but I'll tell you what, if you buy a couple drinks for me, you guys can stay for the barbecue. I said, okay. <laughs> All right. And so what it was, was like it was a family barbecue for the people that own the bar. And it was a couple. One guy's Polish and his wife is Korean. And so they had this combination of Polish-Korean barbecue that they did that was so fucking good. I bet that was interesting. Yeah, it was like Korean seasoning and Polish sausage, like a lot of different sausage works, a lot of different like uh, kimchi mixed in with like different barbecue meats, and mm -hmm. it was fucking fantastic. I bet that'd be interesting to um, do pork belly and put the kimchi in it and wrap it similar to porchetta. Yeah, kimchi's the shit, man. Yeah, it is. I just now started liking that. Kimchi is the shit. I had to get I had to get used to the flavors, but now I'm I'm like, oh, this is actually really good. It's those seasonings and stuff. It's the salt and then that pepper. There's a specific pepper, that red pepper that they use. It's fucking really good. Mm, yeah, yeah. We've we've turned into like the Korean barbecue family. Yeah, and the Korean barbecue is really great. I feel like Korean barbecue is often gluttonous, and I've had Korean barbecue here in the city and. You have to go to the right places because sometimes I feel like they're just fucking rushing you. Mm -hmm. And I hate those places that they start to cook it for you. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. It's one. I'm not going to say the name. But yeah, they come over and start cooking it for you. And I'm like, leave me alone. Yeah, get the fuck out of like, here. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to rush us to get the rest of the people in. I don't yeah. like doing those. Yeah. I actually found we went to one that was an all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue. I've heard about these. Was they, it good? Yes. But they do, they do, they will charge you if you order too much food. Yeah. Yeah. Like you pay to get in, you pay for your food and big sign. If you order more than you can eat, you will be charged per pound for this. Yeah, don't and I'm waste like, our food. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree with them because people, you know, I, I eat, I eat the bare minimum at Korean barbecues because I'm like, yo, my stomach's going to be feel like shit after this. Yeah. And you sort of hit a point. I like the idea and I like the idea of getting like fatty meats and cooking them on a grill. I love the little appetizers. I love the Korean. I forget what they call it, but the Korean appetizers that you get, which is like the kimchi and the pickles. Like, well. That stuff is really fucking amazing. But there just sort of hits a point where there's something nice about having food that's prepped by somebody else that I'm going in to have. And like the fact that you've spent like hours and hours and hours and hours sort of deciding like how your dry rub is going to play and like the experimental and the playfulness that comes with the food. That I mean, that's... yeah. I mean, I cook at home, so like. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, you know. If, like I said, if you're going to get into the, the world of cooking, and you're not having fun, go ahead and go somewhere else, you know, because it 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 transpires into your food. You know, you could taste like we said earlier. You know, you could taste if somebody's having a bad day and they're cooking. Yeah. You know, I don't go into any of my barbecue events having a bad day. You know, I won't start my morning off like literally. I get up, like I get up, I go on the front porch, I have my coffee. I smoke my cigarettes and then I'm like, okay, let me go get this thing started. Then I go out, I light the wood, I go back up, finish my coffee. You know, I start, I try to make sure I don't start any of my cookings rushed. 
you know, I'm always relaxed when I go into barbecue, and except for on Sundays, then I'm like, all right, I'm fucking tired. I want this shit over because with. Because you're on, what, day three at that point? Yeah, day three, day four. Uh, we start Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm like, yo, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. But what's funny, my tired barbecue has been my best barbecue. Is it because you've had that rhythm for the four days? Yeah, and I'm overwatching it because I don't want, want to fucking catch fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah. so for folks listening that are, you know, salivating and they don't have access to the barbecue that you make, they don't have access to someone that knows how to barbecue. And there's a lot of people out there that see, you know, they're Instagram warriors and they're seeing barbecue and shit and they want to try to figure it out and learn how to do it themselves. If someone was going to start, let's say they went out and they bought themselves like a little Weber fucking drum, mm-hmm. fucking, you know, smoker. What do you suggest they start with? What would you start with if it was the first one? Learn the difference between grilling, barbecuing, and smoking. What do you mean? So grilling hot is cooking over fire, high temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, barbecuing is um, not a hot fire, but just hot coals with a little bit of smoke. And then smoking is actually no heat, all smoke. Well, you're going to get heat anyway from the smoke, but it's just literally cooking with smoking. Learn those and then learn the differences between the woods. You know, you learn the differences between the woods. You can tell what your flavor profile of your meat is going to taste like mm-hmm. and then work your way down to dry rubs mm-hmm. and just keep developing from there. But also learn your smoker. Don't don't get a brand new smoker and jump right on it. thinking you're going to cook the best shit in the world. No, you have to learn your smoker. Yeah. You know, you have to learn how you know what where you have to have your vents open at to maintain 250 yeah you know especially with you know regular smokers my drum smoker if i open up the vents on that it's going to jump up to like four yeah so i got literally my my vents are set where they aren't touched to keep it at 250 my my side dump smoker the vents are set at that so to keep it at 250 yeah you know i don't let nobody touch my vents don't touch neither one of these vents (laughs) Like they'll fuck your whole day up at that. Point. Yeah, literally, you're gonna get out of my house and never come back. Don't touch these vents. Leave them where they're at. Um, you know, and then a decent thermometer. That's hard, man. Because I had a thermometer that I was trusting, and now I don't fucking trust it. Like when you don't trust your thermometer, you like, throw it away. Go ahead and throw it away. Yes, I um, I have I have three different thermometers, and one I use for when it's raining, one I use when the humidity is high, and one I use when the weather's perfect. Huh. Yeah, it's it sucks, but you know I have three different thermometers, and the best smoke ring I've gotten is when I'm smoking meats in the rain. Really? Because of the extra moisture, you want to get in order to get that really good deep smoke ring, you want to get as much extra moisture in your smoker as possible. That will give you that really thick deep smoke ring. Are you able to replicate that if it's not raining? Is yes. there a system? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially with a reverse flow. Like my reverse flow, it has, it's a pan in the bottom, you know, and they, they actually were smart and welded sides of it. So I literally, instead of opening it every 30 minutes to spritz it with vinegar, I pour the vinegar straight in the pan and let it. And it evaporates it. and it goes through. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. That way I don't have to spritz. I, I'm trying to reduce opening that smoker and losing that temp as much as possible. So yeah. literally, I open it, dump it in, a cup in, close it. Why do you think the moisture pulls the smoke ring through? It's, my wife can explain that because the chemical process of the smoke, the hemoglobins, and the moisture, it creates that smoke ring. My wife can explain that. She's like the scientific one behind all that <laughs> shit, dude. She, because she's the one who explained, helped me explain about the chicken. 
the way the hemoglobin and the smoke interact to give that red look at reddish ring yeah, yeah that yeah. makes it look raw but it's actually really cooked yeah, yeah, yeah and the difference when you deep fried why does it turn straight white because it's actually just fried it's she explained all that shit to me i was like i was looking like a dumbass i was like what and she explained it to me if my wife was here she could explain the whole hemoglobin process down you know that's cool little, little fucking nerd she is but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so well dude we should wrap this up because this has yeah. been a long episode i have thoroughly enjoyed this movie. yeah yeah i enjoyed myself too like it's it's it, it was a fucking blast man i enjoy this shit yeah real. man and i am look i'm i'm happy that on my on my bike ride i was drawn in <laughs> by your smells man i'm happy to have met you i'm happy to have tasted your food I cannot wait to continue tasting your food. I think we should become good friends, and yeah. you should be the one that puts me in my grave with my cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't put that on me. Oh, Lord. Like, I killed this man with my barbecue. Yeah. But, yeah, anytime, man. Um, I'll let you know whenever I start doing, like, different specials so you can come out and try them, oh, especially yeah. the fish. Like, people die when I – like, I have a line whenever people find out I'm doing the, the halibut. Dude, I'm, a, I'm there, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big line for the halibut or the ravioli. Oh, this is going to be I'm ending on this I actually do a smoked ramen what does this mean so the traditional tonkatsu broth right mm -hmm. instead of blanching the bones and then boil them I actually smoke them first fuck you dude and then <laughs> I boil them for like 27 hours um, come on and then it's your choice of the smoked meat on there and then I do a smoked soft boiled egg okay yeah <laughs> So I have fun with this, man. Like, yeah, it's it's fun to me. All right. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to a hot dog place up the street, get the hot dogs. So I'm, I'm hungry. I gotta with this is it. We're done. Yeah, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get right. something to eat now. So dude, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having Are you guys as hungry as I am right now? There hit a point towards the end of that interview with Bobby where he kept telling me about recipes and stuff. I'm like, dude, fucking stop. <laughs> You're killing me, man. I'm starving here. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to hang out with Bobby more. Uh, I'm jealous of you because you don't know him. <laughs> and if you live in Los Angeles and you want to get to see his work, you want to taste his work, you want to feel his vibe, like I said, follow him on instagram his uh, instagram handle is overall underscore barbecue his his stuff is fucking great i cannot wait to go and try his pastrami gina's standing in the doorway here bobby's doing his shit this weekend i'm gonna go have some of his barbecue this weekend my guest bobby are you gonna go you gonna have some yeah he's doing some awesome shit right now you were up playing Zelda till 6 a.m. What is wrong with you? Huh, what a mess. Um, so now I'm going to wrap this up in three seconds. I know she's rushing me out. I took over the whole place today. Um, so, yeah, if you want to uh, check out Bobby's stuff, like I said, overall underscore barbecue on Instagram and, and clock it, man. And chances are you might catch me there because uh, I love his shit. I really do. And I'm excited to meet somebody here in Los Angeles that is being experimental the way he is with barbecue and that he really fucking cares. Like, 
this guy, you can see it on his face, man. He loves what he's doing. Uh, and it was also a wild episode. I ended up going off on this sort of tangent about biker's life and all that stuff. Did you guys find that interesting? Should I go deeper into that stuff? I think these subcultures are a lot of fun. And uh, there's a lot to be learned there. A lot of storytelling to be learned and a lot to learn about humans there, too. You guys into that shit? Let me know. Write to me on uh, Instagram at Mike Pesci and tell me if I should get on that rabbit hole. Because I'm interested. I'm curious. Um, well, that's it. I'm going to let the rest of the house uh, do their thing. I've uh, monopolized the sound here for long enough. Thanks for listening. And uh, as always, you'll catch me here again next week on Tuesday with a brand new episode of In Love With The Process. Thank you.